Yo, 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 what is up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the All Hallows Eve Eve Halloween Spooktacular, everybody. There you go. We are very, very, very excited for tonight. We've been cooking this up now for a couple weeks. I know we've, we've kind of let the cat out of the bag, you know, promoting it a little bit ahead of time. So we are very, very, very excited. we got a giant announcement, but before that, I'm your host, Mike Keen, of course. As always, the bro host, Bub, and tonight... We have Stoner and Disbro in Master Control. What's up, fellas? Everybody's feeling good in the chat. What's happening? Who we all got in there tonight? You guys are rocking and rolling. Um, <clears throat> and you can always find us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at The Strange Road, the Facebook group, Strange Road Hitchhikers, and uh, YouTube. These live streams are always ad-free. Support the show with super stickers and super chats. Those guys are active right now. And also sharing these episodes. Uh, hitting like, subscribe, all those buttons, anything you can hit, hit it. Um, and we really, really appreciate that. And it does help us out. Uh, oh, yeah. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, uh, now YouTube Music, so Google, Google Podcasts are going away. So if you're listening on Google Podcasts, I guess all that's being integrated into YouTube music now. So there's a heads up for you guys. Um, and, you know, share the episode and give us a five-star rating if you love the show. We love positive comments. Heck, we'll take just about any comment right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, guys, giant, giant, giant announcement for you all tonight. You, A lot of you have been patiently waiting, and we really, really, really do appreciate that. And I just want to let everybody know that we are launching the Strange Road merch portal right this second. Well, look at that. Right this second, guys. Right there it is. So Kyle's got it up. Stoner's got it up for us. That is active in the description of this video. Um, we're going to be pushing it out uh, a couple different social media posts tomorrow. But this is an exclusive drop for all of you guys that are always supporting us in our live streams and premieres. Um, hit, hit us up if you need anything or have any questions. We will absolutely you know, do the best we can. But we've done our due diligence and research and got a bunch of proofs made and, and found out which shirts and, and companies work the best. So... We hope like hell that you guys enjoy this. Um, like I said, uh, it, it's just been one of those things where we had to get it right. And uh, all of you out there, there you go. Strange Road Merch Portal. So Done. Finally there. Yeah. Pretty stoked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know you have been. Yes. If you build it, <laughs> they will come, right? Field of Dreams. Like people are like, hey, can I get a shirt? Can I get a this? It's like, no, we can't. Yep. You know, it's a, it's, it's a lot of work. It takes a little time to get things set up. You and Kyle knocked it out of the park. Um, I was just yeah. there trying to be the, let's get this done, guys. Yeah, we so. got a couple different T-shirt options. Uh, we've I got the, the full logo that's large. We have uh, the pocket logo, and then on the back of that, it's got Hitchhiker on the back. Yep. And then we have kind of our uh, monochrome alpha Strange Road white logo on a various. The T-shirt colors are dope, guys. I mean, yeah. you can get, I mean, there's like some of these lines are 15 different colors that you you can get yeah um and then we also have the tie-dye special edition tie-dye with the strange road text logo and all of the stars the moon the shooting star and then uh if you scroll down just a hair we do have the the hoodie that some of you may have seen bub wore. yeah i've rocked um, that before bub's rocked the <laughs> uh the the orange hoodie which is one of the the 
we really, really love. So, Super comfy. Yep, absolutely. And then we got a couple things. Uh, we've got the Strange Road koozies They're and the nice. coffee mugs. Yep. And the coffee mugs for you. And that's got our little buddy, the Adina Man, on the backside of that coffee mug. So check those out, guys. Um, <clears throat> you know, share with your friends. Get that yep. link out there. And just keep an eye on too, because yeah, we keep working on that as well. Yeah, we've got some things cooking with some artists and designers here in town that we'd love to collaborate with to help us uh, keep dialing in that merch portal and offering you know more and more cool stuff. <clears throat> so, um, I think we're ready to go. Game on! You know what I mean? Let's let's bring in our bring in our guests for tonight. That's what we're here for, uh, guys. Please, please welcome. Author, field investigator, YouTuber, podcaster, and the Strange Road champ, and host of DA X Machina podcast. DA Roberts, everybody. What's up, DA? What's up? <laughs> hey, guys. What's going on? There he is, dude. We're doing great. We are so, so happy uh, you decided to help us out and do this. You know, who better to call than DA? Right. For this for this episode tonight. Day's kind of been you you've kind of been like the light in the dark for us. You started us you started us out and you, you don't even no think you knew it. The of the power of the dark side. <laughs> He's the Duke of Darkness, DA Roberts. Pal- and also that uh, to add a add a list to that Proud purchaser. I just uh, got a koozie and a t-shirt from the merch store. Oh Are you serious? man, DA. Jesus, I, I just bought fast. just bought it. Thank you, thank, thank you. you so much. No well, problem, man. I'll awesome. be I'll be using the koozie on it on on my show. That's my, amazing. Put up my you know my cleverly concealed beverages. <laughs> oh man, I appreciate that. And there we go. Yep. We don't even have to say how great and how much we love DA. He's just leaning right into it. Or he's just that. That's one of the reasons we love DA. Yeah. You we, gave us a chance to have somebody on and talk to early, early on. Yeah. And it's just great to have continued that friendship and conversation over this entire year. And yep. like it's just cool. It's been almost it's really a wild. year since yeah. we've had DA was yeah, episode it's, seven, and yeah. we, this is episode forty-three. Yeah, and and honestly, all your mods, all your the people that tune into your show, and how much love and support they've shown us, and Robbie, and your whole team, all the all you people, anybody that's here from DAX mocking the podcast, welcome. Yeah, we, we love all of you. you guys, and you guys really helped us push. Uh, our YouTube platform early on, and uh, man, we, we really couldn't have done this without you, DA, and all and all your supporters. So yeah, my pleasure, man. It is my pleasure. Awesome. <laughs> we had so many people help us when we were starting out. I, I like to pay it forward. I'm happy to help any way I can. Right, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, you know, it being Halloween Eve, so All Hallows Eve, Eve. You know, we thought let's let's hop into some creatures and cryptids and paranormal and UFO. I know, DA, your specialty is cryptids and Dogman and Sasquatch, but I know you're just a, a an overall. You know, all the different fiction and science fiction you've written over the years always has a hint of everything in it. Um, is there anything for for us that you would really want to talk about on this Halloween, uh, the night before Halloween? And, you know, maybe we get a little spooky tonight. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I've got I've got tons of, of paranormal material, but uh, yeah, here's one I think you guys might like. Uh, a friend of mine uh, was a volunteer out at Wilson's Creek National Battlefield, which is a Civil War battlefield just outside of Springfield. One of the bloodiest battles fought in the Midwest was fought just outside of Springfield. 
he was one of the guys that went around to secure the gate when the park was closed for the night. Park's empty. He's the only one there. He's got his son with him. As they're checking some of the gates, he stops while his son is messing around with one of the cannons, and he snaps a picture. Doesn't think anything of it. Going through, going through those pictures, five years later, he finds an apparition between two of the trees. Mm. On the in the, uh, in fact, if you guys will uh, go over, Mikey, go over to your Facebook. I will send you that image right now if you want to throw okay. it up on the screen. Give me just a second, and I will send you that image. I think you're going to like it. Copy that. I know right where Tedford pop up. Man, somebody. But, uh, you, if you look between the, if you look above the cannon, you'll see just, you know, between the two trees behind the cannon, you will see this full apparition. Facebook Messenger and, DA? Yep, send it right now. Oh, cool. There it is. Oh, boy. Let me send this to Kyle. Okay. If you bring that image up and look at the cannon, look at the left wheel on the cannon and then look right above it and then zoom in between those two trees. And he said there was no one in the park but him and his son. And you can see this guy's wearing a dark hat and like union blue pants and an old style white shirt. Man. Some and of this those was photos. Taken just right outside of Springfield. Wow. Some photos you know, are, are really kind of uh, interesting. Some of them, it's like, oh, is it Photoshop? But a lot of the times when you hear the backstory of the photo, you know, if you know the person that took it, uh, it's it's super, super interesting. But I always try to look at apparition photos with a skeptical eye. Well, I know the guy that took this photo, and I, you know, we were, we were cops together. So nice. I've known this there guy for is. a long time. Where's the direction I'm looking on this? Now, if you look at the the right where the barrel and the left wheel is, okay. those two trees right there, you'll see right, yeah, you see the cursor's moving over it. Zoom in on that spot. You'll start to see it the closer you get. Yeah, he might not be oh, able to zoom, zoom in on, on, Facebook. on Facebook. Yeah. You can't just like uh, Windows Plus yeah, or like Command no. Plus or whatever. Not when you have it up like this, when you're uh. viewing it in Facebook. Oh, I see. Yeah. So oh well, we'll we'll look at this later. I, I don't doubt you, and and I do like photos like that. So he caught a full apparition, huh? Yeah, it's just right, just above where his cursor's at. Oh, it's gonna save the image. Yeah. Yeah. Bring that up and zoom right in on that exact spot. Bear with us here, folks. We're looking at a Civil War era cannon. Is that mm -hmm. correct? That was from. Yeah, eighteen eighteen sixty three. What? Right there. See it? Yeah. That's wild. Not there was no one in the park but him and his son. He, not supposed to be there, I'm going to say. That, that looks that's like interesting a as hell. full, I mean, there's, it's not see-through, I guess is what I'm saying. It's like got mm, substance. No, it's definitely it's opaque. Wild. Yeah. That's Very interesting, interesting, DA. That's really interesting. There were no reenactors in the park that day. The park was closed, and he was just he was just verifying there was no one in the park after he had already secured the gates. Wow. I mean that's that's creepy. So this cannon, we're looking over like the barrel of the cannon, so and and looking from the. If you're facing the cannon, right, you'd be off to the right hand side of it. It's like from the viewer's right, so left of the cannon. And then over that wheel, you see someone. It looks like they're wearing. It almost looks like they're wearing one of those jackets or like those. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know. You can see the blue hat or or 
You, you know, see the brim of the hat even. It looks yeah. like, you know, he's wearing a... Yeah, um, it's one of those slouch-style hats. Yep. Wow. Yep. I, I mean, it's interesting. That's very strange. Reminds me of the Solway Firth, you know, Solway Firth man where they were like, there was nobody else there, and they definitely have a picture of somebody in the background, you know. Not an apparition on the paranormal sense, I don't think, but this, yeah. I mean, that's quite a long history, though, too, of like, you know, Battlefield or eras like that that still have a lot of like charged energy to them or, you know, like, mm-hmm. I guess imprinted energy on them. That's was wild. Springfield was a big Civil War battle. Outside oh yeah, Missouri was a hotly contested. Missouri was a hotly contested area. In fact, the fighting had been going on in Missouri for years before the Civil War actually out, broke out hmm. uh, between the uh, the the uh, Kansas Jayhawkers and the Missouri uh, Missouri uh, Partisan Rangers. The fighting had been going on for several years before the war even broke out. Hmm. <sighs> a lot of history. I mean, Missouri is. I mean, was it a territory? At that point, it was VA? a border state. Yeah. yeah, it was a border state. So was Missouri? Missouri, I think, was a state before Ohio, even because wasn't the archway to the west in some of those states? Uh, you're not going to get a good answer out of me on settled that. before a lot of the states in the in the east. Yeah, I'd have to Siri that. That's the gateway. Well, Missouri's been a state since 1821. Okay, so they've so, been around for. You know, 30 years as a state before the Civil War even broke out. Right. I think Ohio was 1803. 40 years. Our bicentennial was in 03. Wow. It's been a minute. I love it. So, DA, what other kind of uh, paranormal stories you got for us? Um, anything well, interesting that's come across your way here recently? Well, recently uh, there has been a uh, Ozarks Howler uh, sighting down near Galena, Missouri. And if you guys are familiar with the Ozarks Howler at all, uh, Daniel Boone supposedly killed one uh, near Cuba, Missouri. Uh, this would have been prior to the Civil War, uh, but. They, they've been sighted in Missouri since, well, since long before civil, you know, our, you know, before European settlers came here. The Native Americans even saw them. Um, there have been animal mutilations down near Douglas County, but most recently out near Galena, Missouri, uh, they heard and someone saw one uh, not far from the area that I wrote about in my book, you know, Lakeview Man, Beast of Blunk Road, just right down the river from it. Hmm, that is crazy. So what, what kind of animal is that or what kind of – is it a uh... – what are we talking about here? The Ozarks Howler. Hey there, that's a good image. That was actually captured on a trail cam by some folks down by Branson, Missouri. What? Uh, it's usually described as a dog, uh, but a, a large one can be as big as a bear. Uh, and you'll notice that it's got horns. It has horns that face backwards on its head. The horns are look more like a like a ram's horns or a goat's hmm. horns. Uh, not like a, not like cows or anything like that, but like you know, like a ram's horn. Right. Uh, they they're dark in color. Uh, have it described to be as big as a bear, and they usually have glowing red eyes. Uh, but the howl of these things is like like a cross between a banshee and a mountain lion. It's supposed to be absolutely blood curdling. I've never heard one personally, uh, but I've I've talked to eyewitnesses that have heard it out in the woods and they said it will make your blood run cold. Uh, it's like nothing they've ever heard. And I've heard mountain lions, I've had mountain lions squall right outside of my camp. And, you know, all that did was make me grab a gun 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, people have said when they heard those are Cowler, they were ready to just pack up and leave. Wow. So do you think this is a cryptid that's just you know, like, again, just maybe in the same vein of like an unidentified and people are just seeing it and, or is this a new species or is this like a, a government, you know, created like weird Montauk monster that got it? Like what's going on here? Is this just a new animal, a lost animal, a cryptid? A- I'm, I'm not entirely certain what the Ozarks howler is, That's cool. uh, but it, I would say it's something akin to a hellhound. Uh, it's it's some sort of canine. Um, the the horns on it's what throws me. Yeah. Uh, you, you, again, Daniel Boone reported killing one. Um, they've been reported as attacking livestock throughout Missouri. Um, Daniel Boone killed one. Uh, that one looks like Daniel a young Boone one. killed one. Had it stuffed and in his collection when he passed away. Um, what? When he passed away, most of his collection went to the Smithsonian, so we don't know whatever happened of to it. Of course. Can we just get a big graphic every time that happens where there's just a banner that goes across <laughs> the, the screen lights. like, thank you, Smithsonian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every time it just gets misplaced. So this is now, fairly DA, common. I thought a hellhound was more of like a demonic entity or a spirit. There are hellhounds because I know um, a hellhound, the story of uh, – one of the reformatories here in Ohio where, you know, paranormal investigative team were deep down in this basement and, and this hellhound is what they called it. And then followed them home. This girl home was, she was in the basement of this place deep, deep down had lost everybody else. And this thing, you know, came running after her, but it was like all black with these yellow eyes and it was canid looking but it ended up spiritually following her back to her house in months and months and months of terror of this thing scratching and howling and and uh, coming to her in her dreams. Um, so are, th- are those like phys- – maybe it was a physical entity or a mixture of both. Um, it could be somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, th- there's a very, there are very similar uh, legends of of an of a evil hound-like creature. Uh, there's the Black Shook from England uh, that attacked a church during the Middle Ages, and the church still stands today, and there are still deep claw marks in the door of the church. Wow. That uh, can still be seen today. Uh, then there's the uh, the Native American legend of the Shunka Warakan, which is a giant hound that would, would come into camp and kill dogs and some Sometimes people. Uh, so there's lots of different examples of these bestial, these monster hounds. Um, so, you know, the, maybe it's possible they could be of some spiritual nature. Uh, but, you know, hellhounds, hellhounds have been reported for a very long time. And are those to be confused with the dog man or, or hellhounds and, you know, the, the Ozark Howler? Are these just kind of something separate from dog man and I guess other kind of I think, canid? I, I think they're entirely separate. I think they're entirely separate uh, because there are no reports of the, the Ozark Howler or of a Hellhound getting up on its hind legs. Mm. Uh, the, the differentiation primarily with Dogman is that it it will, it will move bipedally. Ah, because that photo we saw, that, that looked like a real animal to me. Yeah, And it sure. had antler, antlers. It kind of looks like pronghorn antlers or like a goat, you know. No idea. I, yeah, I can't. I, I can't. Don't. I can't attest to whether or not that that photo is legit. Yeah, uh, but I I it's know like when part that deer, it's part goat, part dog. It, yeah, I don't know exactly look, what it is. I haven't had a chance tank. to talk to the people that took that picture. Uh, but you know, it, it could be a faked photo. It could be completely faked. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, but that does meet the description of basically 
uh, Ozark's Howler, only that one looks much smaller. Yeah, yeah. it looks like, like maybe that. a young one. Mm-hmm. It's strange looking. I will, cool. I will give you that. I've never heard of it either. That's uh, put it in the books. Another one that I've not heard of. Um, Teddy always- Roosevelt was a firm believer in the Ozarks Howler. In fact, there's the, the, one of the the one of the local legends. Well, not sorry, not legends. One of the local alternate names for the Ozarks Howler. They referred to it as the Hoo Hoo. Uh, I know goofy name, but that's what what they called it. Uh, there is a secret society that was formed to protect the Ozark Howler, what? the concatenated order of the Hoo Hoo, and Teddy Roosevelt was president of it for several years. What? So was so was another U.S. president. I believe it was Woodrow Wilson. Oh, two U.S. presidents, and allegedly the Ozarks National Forest in in Arkansas was set aside specifically as a preserve for the Ozarks Howler, and it's about two point five million acres. Another cryptid preserve, bub. It is. That's, I think that's what's going on. And John Hickenbottom, Ohio Teddy's Department of Natural it. Resources, when you said cryptid reserve, he really was interested in that idea. As was he? I this, don't remember. Yeah, was John he? Hickenbottom didn't laugh in your face. He was like, that is very interesting. Yeah, and he's a Ohio Department of Natural Resources employee, you know, yeah. Bigfoot naturalist. I don't know if you've ever talked to Hickenbottom, D.A., but... Um, he would I have be, not. He would be awesome for your show. He's the guy that wrote, yeah. uh, produced all those Bigfoot videos on oh, YouTube. Yeah, if you if you can if you can introduce me, I would love that. I'd love to totally. talk to him. Yeah, he's great. Um, and you know, just knows so much about Ohio mm-hmm. wildlife. And you know, he says he can hear bird calls and and categorize them better by ear than with binoculars and, and by sight. He's just spent a lot of time in the woods. Um, but you know. The idea that these big national parks being cryptid reserves, I think, but, you know, you're onto something here. And in Ozark National Park, geez, maybe it was. Well, we've we've talked about, you know, my Teddy Roosevelt theory mm-hmm. before. Yep. Uh, how how Roosevelt knew about cryptids, and one of the first things he did as president was set aside the national parks. Yep. He set aside was like eighty seven million acres, and that's not counting state parks or yep. public use areas. Right. That is national park land only. That's insane. If you add wow. if you add state parks and protected areas and and uh, conservation land, it's, it's closer to two hundred million acres. That's insane. Is this a real photo? Of him on a moose? Wouldn't surprise me. That's crazy. I don't know if we can and, verify and, you know, that or Woodrow not, Wilson being a part of this uh, secret society. Woodrow Wilson, he's the guy that passed through the IRS Act and the Federal Reserve Act and you think, completely changed our banking system. You think all that That's dark weird. money's going to fund the cryptid research and the dark cryptid preserves of... <laughs> The I mean, a lot, a lot of people land. think that the government created cryptids. Yeah. I don't think they did, especially Bigfoot and Dogman. However, yeah. our government is certainly not above experimenting and trying to make a weapon out of something. Right. right. I think they've known about cryptids for a very long time. And the, the the stories we hear where the government has tried to use them as soldiers and things like that, I think that is probably them being opportunistic and trying to modify an existing organism. Right. I don't think they were created by our government. I think they're certainly using them, though. You think they've used uh, modified cryptids or some kind of biological weapon, if you will? Wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. It wouldn't, but what if, okay, so you got that going out there and then like, um, you know, if they die in the battlefield or this or that and then your other adversaries. I don't know. That just seems like a tech that if it went down, 
the other side got. I don't know. Maybe they could. I, well, it would take them years man. to reverse engineer it. Yeah, you're not wrong there. That's just so crazy. I mean, I wouldn't put it past the government in any capacity. Yeah. Dogman, Sasquatch out in the battlefield. Why wouldn't you? Yep. Hey, we got some people. The chat's going not nuts right that. now. We got Meg. I know Meg's definitely a DA fan. <laughs> we got Mopar Phil. She's we one got, of my mods. Yeah, yeah. she's a mod. I, remember, I know. I know Meg. Uh, Poss dude, Prometheus Dooms. Lens. What? Welcome, uh, Mopar Phil. We got Meg. We got Tom B Stone. Tom B Stone. Shout out to you. Shout out to Robbie. Tom B Stone. Uh, you guys are all you know Tombstone. However you want to say it. You guys have. <laughs> Always been supporting us, hopping in our live streams and premieres, hanging out with us Appreciate in our Facebook you group. Girls. You guys rule. Um, you I know, forgot welcome. there was a chat in there for a while. It wasn't up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we weren't ignoring you on, on, on purpose. We just did, we literally wasn't there for a minute. So apologies. Yeah, everybody in here, welcome, welcome, welcome. That's so what I was saying earlier when you started talking about the howler. Sorry, now you start talking about the government. Maybe they engineered. But that's what I was thinking with that howler was like maybe it's, you know, and it. You know, other things get out accidentally. You know, think about like outbreak when the dude gets a little capuchin. He's like, you know, I just can't have you anymore. People get a a python in Florida, and they're like, can't have you anymore. They let it out. Well, you get somehow you sneak the hoo 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 out of the (laughs) you sneak the hoo hoo out of the lab, and then you can't take care of the hoo hoo anymore, and you let it out. Now it's running wild and it's repopulate. You know, or it gets out some way. Well, well, since our recorded sightings back into the 1800s, oh, I don't okay. think this thing's lab-grown. Well, there you yeah. go. That pokes a really big hole in that one. Well done. What What do you, What else do you know? You got me interested in this secret society, DA. Is there anything else that you, you dug um, up? or It's not a secret, is it? The The order it, of... It exists. It exists on four different continents. Uh, it, it membership is by an invitation only. You can't just you know apply to be a member. Uh, their headquarters and museum is in a small town down in Arkansas, about six hours from me. Uh, I'm planning on taking a trip down there and seeing if I can kind of get access and go in and look around. Um, but you know, you there uh, there's no public membership. There's no way to know who's involved. So it's still uh, it does in function. Say that every, Correct. Wow. It says, but it does say membership is is restricted to people that work in the timber industry. Hmm, that's wild. The timber industry. So you have people that are out in the woods. They know oh. what's going on. Yeah, clearly they're way, way, way deep in the woods. You know, but it's like CEO of timber companies that are like mega millionaires that are part of this secret society that are protecting cryptids or the knowledge of these cryptids. I mean, if that's the case, you would have think they wouldn't have had the lumber mill man back in the day put a hemp out of, you know, production so that he could slay more trees. Yeah. Well, you no, know what I mean? No, it unless, seems like he's going against the green there. Right. Well, unless they're using the, the knowledge of these cryptids to know which areas are safe to log and which aren't. That could be. Maybe mm. they're carving out little like, you know, uh, spots for them almost by, by the logging <laughs> industry. You'll too. notice. Who knows? You'll notice that when when and the way it's at least done now is when logging companies go in, they'll clear cut a small area and leave the areas around it untouched, and then they replant and move on. Hmm. They don't just leave clear cut downed areas anymore. That's interesting, right? They're always replanting at least 
Mm-mm. I, I think just, that's a subset of people that I've never really thought about, you know, putting on stuff. putting on file. But I mean, I guess it makes well, sense. Travis Walton was a lumberjack, yeah. you know, and uh, the, gentleman. The first reports, like modern reports of of Bigfoot in those tracks that they got, were from those loggers up in upstate oh. Jerry Washington. Crew up in nineteen nineteen fifty seven up in uh, Northern California. That's right. That's right. Very those guys were all loggers. Very interesting. Got the first cast, and that's the name Bigfoot. Came from those loggers, right, DA? Well, it actually came from uh, from the newspaper when the guy when Jerry Cruz showed the tracks. The guy said that is one big foot in the phrase. Oh. Bigfoot kind of stuck. Gotcha. Very interesting. Kind of like Dogman. Dogman. The phrase Dogman didn't exist until the late nineties. It was coined by I believe it was a, a radio DJ yep. uh, that was talking about these Dogman type creatures, mm-hmm. and then. The, the, the phrase caught on. But prior to 1957, you can find references to Bigfoot creatures in old newspapers. They just refer to them as a wild man or a hairy man. Right. Or, you know, they, they have different terms for them. Same thing with wolf, with a uh, dog man. You'll find terms used like werewolf uh, because that's pretty much all we had it, had it uh, to, uh, to uh, compare it to or wolf man uh, or, you know, upright canine. You will see, you'll see that as well. Uh, so there are, there are, if you look back, at some of these old archives and newspapers, you can find references to these things. They're just not under the names we recognize. Right. Wow. Yeah, I know the wild man was always a big one. Yeah. In that vein, DA, what is the latest dog man um, moves or news that you've had come across your desk? Has there been anything well, there's happening? always there's always something bizarre going on in the dog man world. Uh, you know, the... the uh, these things are seen all across the country. Uh, they've been seen in Australia. They've been seen across Europe and in, into 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 Asia. Uh, pretty much every continent, I think, but uh, but Antarctica has had sightings. Uh, and but the thing about Dogman that differentiates primarily from Bigfoot is once in a while you'll get a Bigfoot story where like a logger says, "Well, a tree fell on me and this Bigfoot helped me," or a kid will get lost and a Bigfoot will guide him back out. You don't get that with Dogman. People that see Dogman are like, "This thing was terrifying. This thing was." me pretty sure this thing was going to eat me if I didn't get out of there um even in LBL which is considered one of the the nation's you know hotbeds of dogman activity there this year alone have been like eight or nine people go missing say what stop stop okay real quick say it one more time people still go missing in the LBL every eight year to nine people it, this year mm-hmm. I think it was like 17 last year what this is, is nobody that a talks about common this, statistic for people to go in certain areas of land such as well, that. I mean, such as that and just go missing or is this yeah. uh, if you look at the missing 411 people go missing in national parks all the time. Yeah. But because they're controlled by the department, the parks department, it doesn't get reported like missing persons would in a town. Uh, but some of these missing 411 cases are starting to appear. These same criteria, these oh going my. missing under very bizarre circuit circumstances are happening in towns now. Yeah. Have you, have you ever talked to anybody? Mopar um, Phil, the LBL is the land between the lakes. Yeah, Missouri land between the lakes. Yep. Have you ever spoken with anyone or heard any kind of interview or uh, uh, search efforts or, you know, uh, people that obviously if somebody goes missing, there's a family member or a loved one or someone that's, uh, we go looking for them, we, you know, do searches, what have you. Have you ever heard of anybody go, yep, they just not sure what happened or any suspicions of what occurred or where these people that go missing every year in LBL, what 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 they attribute that to? 
Well, there were, uh, you know, some, a lot of times they'll get, get attributed to, uh, and my personal favorite is wild dog attacks. Uh, there just aren't bands of, of savage dogs running around the countryside. Right. Uh, there was, a, there was a kid in Tennessee. Uh, they found him. He disappeared out of his yard. Kid was 13 years old. They found him dragged halfway up a hillside. And we're ta- not talking a small incline, like 45 degrees. Uh, they found him dragged halfway up a hillside and partially consumed. Um, they said it was a pack of dogs, but I've never heard of a pack of dogs dragging a heavy kid up a mountainside to eat him. That dogs will eat pretty, you know, you've, you've, you've all fed a dog. Right. Dogs eat where you feed them. Uh, if a dog killed somebody, they would add him, ate him right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kid, this kid was carried up there. I guarantee you. Then there were two deaths um, in Crook County, Tennessee, uh, both under mysterious circumstances that they claimed were were dog attacks. Hell, the right here in Missouri last year, uh, that Amazon driver was killed and you know killed and said it was attacked by dogs. But the thing is, is what we're finding in this trend is they'll announce that dogs did it. They, you know, law, you know, law enforcement or somebody will say this was dogs. This was dogs. They never release hmm. the necropsy on the dogs if they find the dogs at all, and then they leave the case open even after they said this it was dogs. This is case closed. The dog. This was dogs. But they keep the clay the case open. You know why? Because open cases are not subject to Freedom of Information Act requests. Mm, mm, interesting. That's right. Oh, that's a good point. My. So if you close it. Then, then somebody can all ask the details, the including the, details. the autopsy, can be that's yeah, geez. including the autopsy can be re- be released. So this is like but if they don't close it, yeah, it, you can't you can't have to ask for the files. It's like the seller boxing of the information files, the like you know Wall Street equivalent of you know never closing out these stocks, and you have zombie stocks that you can use for years. You can never close these cases, yeah. and no one can actually access them and get the information. That's incredible. I've never heard of that. How is that? legal well it's it really varies by department you know on how long they can keep these cases open but for in most cases especially involving death these cases can be kept open indefinitely as long as it's considered a cold case yeah that's interesting it's it's but in order for it to be a cold case they can't have a culprit and if they've already said it's dogs dogs killed this guy why is it still open that was going to be my question. Right. And then right. I thought maybe Good can point. they not attribute a dog as being the quote unquote culprit because we're looking at more a human to human interaction of missing nature mm-hmm. and they go, well, maybe it's dogs. We'll give it a natural element that perhaps, you know, this is the way it went, but they don't consider that a full on. I don't know. That doesn't make sense because I'm with you. If if you say it was dogs or coyotes or whatever, then they ate that person. That seems case closed. Exactly. Yeah. Then just re- release your findings that this was con- that this was an attack consistent with canine attack or a dog attack, but much like the animal attacks out in Meeker, Colorado, uh, they th- some of those animals were killed. Some of the cows were just killed because they could. Uh, that's not typical wolf behavior, mm-hmm. and they found large wolf tracks near these near some of these kills, uh, moving bipedally. That's not typical for wolves. Mm-hmm. And that was in the report, da. Mm-hmm. That was publicly released in Meeker, and now it's pretty well shut up. You can't find anything about it. That's interesting. Other than what they've already released. Does that happen often? Is it kind of like the Roswell yeah. phenomena or, you know, just any kind of, you know, somebody reports on something or goes on record or, you know, kind of gives it a little bit of wind, and then it quickly is like, wait, wait, this didn't happen. Quiet down about that, A Bill. lot of times... 
a lot of times these stories get suppressed pretty fast. Uh, like in the case of uh, the two people that were killed in Crick County, Tennessee, uh, one of them was a woman. I think her first name was Amber. I can't remember her last name. Uh, but the official report said she was missing 40% of her tissue. You can't tell me a dog did that. Ooh. Not in the short amount of time, somebody, because this happened in town. You can't tell me dogs consumed 40% of her tissue without anybody noticing. That's a big pack, or that's a lot of dogs. But I kind of agree with DA on that. I don't really know, like, especially here in the U.S., do we really have wild roaming packs of dogs? You know what I mean? I I think it is. I have seen I have seen are. wild dogs. Yeah, but for the most part, you know, if you try to get close to them, they'll scatter. Uh, I've never I've never had a had a group of wild dogs come after me. Yeah, um, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm not saying it, I'm not saying that it, it is impossible. I'm just saying generally, when you get a bunch of stray dogs, they'll go after farm animals. Uh, they'll go after pets. But a big, a big, a big animal that's going to hurt them, probably not. Yeah, they kind of know mm-hmm. how to play their cards and keep themselves safe because they are a wild dog. You know, they're going to do things a little bit differently, have that natural instinct. Right. Hmm. Right. That's interesting. And obviously, walking on their hind legs with ginormous paws as you know the size of wolves—that right. it's not your average, you know, alley dog or casual street dog. Um, that's interesting. Really wild. I'm hoping that I never. Yeah end up, you know, uh, encountering anything in the LBL or a dog man of that name. I don't think I could handle it. <laughs> I don't think I could. Well, when I had my sighting in LBL, I, it was kind of a paradigm shifting moment. Uh, when I saw it, I was, I was in utter shock. I mean, I had my cell phone in my hand. I was l- wanting to film something and it, it wasn't until it was long gone that I even thought about my phone. Just, completely out of my mind right you feel like it's a little bit of a shock or do you feel like you were just being you were just in the moment and you were just taking it all in and you just weren't even thinking at all about shooting video i mean that would be me even though i'm you know professional videographer and and do video this is like would i reach for my phone i was just an absolute shock that i was seeing what i was seeing and by the time you know, it hit me, hey, I should be filming this, it was already gone. What did it, how tall do you think it was? Well, I saw it, it was leaning against a tree. That, it had its hand against video, the tree. We, we did show that. We did show that video. It was a little okay. bit um, enhancement, but it's it's pretty freaky. Go ahead, DA. Uh, you, oh, that, that's the Joe Bald video you're talking about. Okay. I, yeah, I, didn't get, I didn't get a video of the one in LBL. Okay. Uh, the one in LBL, I figured, was between six and a half and seven feet tall because I went to the tree where it was at, and I could reach the spot where its hand was, but it was above my head. It wasn't where I would comfortably put my hand against a tree and lean against it. So it was taller than me, but not considerably taller than me. And I'm just shy of six foot. I'm 5'10". So I estimated it was between you know six and a half and seven feet tall. And it wasn't massively built it was built definitely like a canine it was i was on two legs had the degenerate feet like you know the hawked legs like Mm -hmm. a dog um and had hands uh the head was shaped more or less like a wolf but the snout was more like um 
like a Rottweiler or, or a Mastiff. It was it was mm. it was wider and blunter. It didn't come to a, 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 a like a point like a like a wolf or a, or a German Shepherd. Mm. Uh, and the jaws were very powerful. It was completely black. And once it realized I was looking around at it, it, it turned and it was gone. And it covered covered some distance pretty fast. Uh, but the weird part was it didn't just like run in a straight line real fast. It kind of did this side to side bound, like bound to the right, bound to the left, bound mm. to the right, and then went down a ravine and i could hear it like bulldozing its way through the trees down toward the lake uh, but it was you know there's no way i was catching it kind of like those we used to do that in football you know where you're, you're kind of like going side to side just drills you know like movement well, you drills. watch an ice skater when they're trying to get yeah. a, get a lot or of like speed skiing. how they'll slide to the side and slide to mm-hmm. the side that's kind of kind of like it was only it wasn't like obviously on skates i mean it was like jump to the side jump to the side and then gone building up ah. speed um leaf litter was thick so i couldn't get any tracks um but uh you know it, it was definitely there i mean you could see the spots in the in the leaves where it ran uh but there was no way i was getting a track were you were you by yourself when this happened no, I was with a buddy of mine named Nick. Okay. And d- did you guys both, you walk up, you, you spot this dog man, and then kind of get the I saw glance. it first. Okay. I saw it first, and then I was, like, punching him in the shoulder and pointing. And uh, he stopped, and then he saw it. I saw it for about 15 to 20 seconds, and he probably got a good 10 seconds at it What? what before what, it was gone. What time of day or lighting and conditions kind of like about that? About 10.30 in the morning. Okay. About 10.30 okay. in the morning, late July. Uh visual conditions were good um it was in the shadows underneath the trees but there's still plenty of light to see by right no it's i just to establish like i always need to put myself in your reference and your you know what we're looking through the lens of you know your eyes and, and what that looks like is it at nighttime is it a shadowy shaped figure is it you know how hard is it to kind of really pick up on what you're seeing but and also having someone else there with you but um what a cra- i mean what a wild experience man i just i I think my jaw would just be on the floor the entire time of like, what? what yeah, I was pretty like, freaked out. Yeah. And like you're saying, even you have your phone on, you have a camera available. You're not taking a picture. You're just nope. kind of short-circuited. Right. <laughs> I was barely speaking English, let alone operating a phone. <laughs> yeah. I think I've had About a couple moments. All I can do is hit him in the shoulder and point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had a couple moments like that. Not 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 on the same scale, but one, you know, if a deer jumps out in front of somebody's car and you're trying to tell them about it and it's just it's almost like a, a, like a, a a tone. It's not even words. It's like uh, you know, you just want to get the words out so quick that they don't hear it, but I I completely understand that kind of like I said that short circuit. That's so wild. Um did you think for any instance in that encounter, was there any moment where you thought, oh, my gosh, if this thing turns and comes at us in any kind of way, we're two guys against this, you know, dog well, man. We were in a vehicle. Oh, you're in the car. <laughs> so we would have just, yeah, we were just, pun- we'd have just punched it Good. and took off if it had come after us. But, uh, but you know, the, the weird thing was, is, you know, I know a lot of people say that they felt like they were being hunted. I, I don't, I just don't think this thing realized we saw it. Mm. And, and it was more of an oh shit moment on its part than it really was on ours. Yeah. And it turned and took off. And of course, you know, like an idiot, I jumped out and took off. Uh, and out into the woods, and when I could hear it, you know, like bulldozing through the trees down to the ravine, down that ravine toward the lake, I'm like, 
yeah, I'm not armed and I'm probably not even going to kind of try to catch this thing. So probably, you know, discretion being the better part of valor, I might want to back the hell out of here. Yeah. So I went back over to the, went back over to the tree where it was at. Then we, we ended up leaving a few minutes later, but it was, it was pretty intense. Yeah. That's, I mean, it sounds like you mentioned earlier too the missing 411 and that kind of vibe. Have you ever spoken with David Politis? About any of the dog? I man. have not. No. Okay. Uh, I, I've I've tried to uh, tried to meet him a couple of times at conventions, uh, but uh, you know he's he's you know whenever uh, we've been swamped. at the same convention, he he's a headliner and I'm I'm a footnote, yeah. so I really haven't had a chance to uh, sit and talk to the guy. Uh, I would like to talk to him and you know introduce myself, let him know I'm a retired cop as well, and you know maybe him and I could could chat, but. Yeah, I've never had the opportunity. I think that would be such an interesting conversation again, oh, just God. because of your previous, you know, uh, law enforcement love. history as well, and uh, your, your uh, you know, approach. And, That'd be and, a big episode. Oh my gosh, I I think that would be fantastic. That'd be so cool to witness. Um, so don't stop on that. Keep working on that. We'll try to help out if we ever run into him. We're going to send him your way. <laughs> we might just keep run fingers into crossed. Him. We'll, we might just run we'll into. Keep it. We'll keep it. We'll keep it open. This yeah. Year. We're gonna try. Yeah, hey, we're, gonna, we're awesome. gonna try to connect with them. We're, we'll be helping out potentially at Crypticon this year and in, in sponsoring nice. the uh, AV room. So, uh, Politis is gonna be a speaker there. Yeah. So, hopefully he's crossed. there this we, year. He didn't yeah, make it last. year. He didn't year. make it last year. I'm, I'm thinking. I've been keeping a. Uh, an eye on the the lineup, but well, Meldrum already had a medical issue on a yeah, cruise, a so bummer. he's dropped out. Doctor Jeff Meldrum, he best was going to be there. Well, best if, wishes to if, him. Yeah. If they if they needed a, a an Amazon bestselling author, send them Dude, my direction. That's not a bad I, idea. Absolutely. I mean, I, this might a, be happening in real time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is happening live. <laughs> we'll have to. Hell yeah. We have to look into Jeff that. Waldridge. If you're listening, D. A. Roberts is the man. He would absolutely uh, would be twenty twenty three great fill in. If you haven't found somebody to replace Dr. Jeff Meldrum, that would be boom, fantastic. There you go. All right. Dio, turn it up. Dio, I did that have was... a question. R- real quick, while we're on the subject of Dogman, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the show that's really cool, uh, These Woods Are Haunted, but there's some amazing... Oh, I love that show. Yeah, there, there's some incredible Dogman stories, and one of them is from Ohio. And the sound that this thing made when it, it stood up, where its legs cracked, have you ever heard that or had anybody talk to you about... The the sound that there's like this popping sound that's just absolutely grotesque the way people describe it. But I'm have you heard of that? Really, I'm really glad you brought that up. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> I I've heard that this, this many times from people that said Dogman approached them on all fours. Yeah, and before it got up, they heard a popping sound. Mm-hmm. What I think, and this is just my theory. Now, again, folks, believe me, there are no experts in this field. Anybody that tells you they're an expert is trying to sell you something. There are no experts in this field. All we have is theory. Until one of these things is brought in and identified by science, all we have is theory. So this is just my theory. You know, you can you can agree with it. You can disagree with it. It's just my personal theory. But I think these things approach on all fours. And are able to change the morphology of their hands, much like a gorilla, how its how its knuckles will flatten out when it runs on all fours. I think these things can change the morphology of their hands. And dogman hands have been described as being spindly, like a raccoon's hands, almost like they have an extra knuckle. I think they're able to change the structure of their paws into hands, and they spend most of their time primarily 
on all fours. Uh, if you look at, you know, even when they're upright, that hawked leg is not designed for bipedal motion. That's something it would be doing probably short term or, or short distance. Um, if you look at a bear. A bear can walk on its hind legs, but it's not designed to walk that way. It, it does it for short distances and generally not very fast. However, I think these things have adapted to this. And I think whenever one of them is killed, their hands will go back to their default position, which is more like a paw. So when one of these things is killed, no, for the most part, people think it's just an unusually large wolf. I think that's why no body has ever really been brought forward of a dog man, because we've probably seen them and just went, well, much like that picture that was found in Montana that they sent that showed up in Montana. This guy killed a wolf that was stalking his, his cattle. And it was covered the entire tailgate of his truck. It was a massive wolf, completely black. Wow! And I, I, I think, I think that is, I think that's why we don't see dogmen bodies. I think that's that they spend their primarily amount of their time on in, in quadrupedal motion, and that they can change the morphology of their hands when they stand up. Uh, I think that's a, 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 I think it's an evolutionary trick, um, in. Furthermore, I, th I kind of think the reason why we have dogmen today is because dire wolves took a divergent path from the way modern wolves did. Modern wolves joined us at the campfire and became domestic dogs. Dire wolves may not have disappeared, and they are much bigger, and they're much more powerful. Yeah. That photo of that big Siberian husky going into the woods where that giant black wolf comes the out video, of the woods. You mean? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what I said. Yeah. The video of the... Big Siberian Husky going into the woods and then that big and it's on four all fours, but it's like probably three times the size of it's that huge. dog. And that's maybe probably a hundred pound shepherd. dog. Yeah, yeah. It's a German Shepherd or a big Siberian or something. Um unbelievable. I mean, dire wolves, I think I think they're still around. I don't know. Megafauna. I think they well, were part of the megafauna, right? Before the young yeah. Dryas and <clears throat> You know, we had them in North America. Like I won't rule anything record. out. I, th I think the thylacine there's, is still alive down in Australia. I think there's a lot of animals and species that, you know, again, we've spoken about this before, that we don't want to find them necessarily. And maybe other species have been purposefully kept under the radar. North American hyenas? Well, all kinds of things. There are... There are sightings in Canada and Alaska of enormous bears. And when they describe the bear, it sounds more like a short-faced bear than a grizzly. Uh -huh. And the short-faced bear could get between 16 and 20 feet tall on its hind legs. Huge. These yeah. are it was the largest land predator of its day. Mm -hmm. This is this is uh, and may have only died out as recently as five thousand years ago, according to some 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 research. Right, that was part of the megafauna in North America, and they are still possibly seen today. I, that I hadn't heard so that. Much. That's new to me. That's you interesting. Know, in Canada, in Canada, sense. you know what they need to do? So they need huge. to just send out robots. And, and like some kind of trackers out there, and all kinds of those sky eyes to look up and just go out and just look for things. Canadian because nobody's up in most remote. of that area. Most of well, Canada. What people fail to realize, if you just take the state of Alaska, Alaska is bigger than Texas. Alaska is massive. But if you took the population of Alaska and scattered them out across the state, you would have less than one person per square mile. That's 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 just the the way the population density works out. There aren't enough people out there to fill that wilderness up. Right. And since most of the population is centered around a few big towns, you've got some smaller settlements. You've got entire hundreds and hundreds of mi square miles where there's no people. None. Right. Right. 
And that's what I'm saying. There are places in northern Alaska, northern Alaska and Canada that they believe that no human may have ever been. I believe that. That's a crazy thought. That's a really crazy thought. And I don't doubt it either. That is really wild. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of space up there. There's a lot of land. There's a lot of potential for, I guess, short, short nose or short face or short face, short short face. Man, they were enormous. Well, if you look, if you take a, uh, if you look at Google Maps and do the satellite view, and look at North America, just North <clears> America, <throat> you can find enough unbroken green from Canada to Texas where you could hide almost anything. Oh yeah, especially along the Mississippi River. There's just so much unbroken forest. Um, heck, the uh, the the uh, Mark Twain National Forest and the Ozark National Forest pretty much t- come up against one another. And between the two of them alone is over 5 million square acres. Jeez. Yeah, there is there's a, a lot of real estate out there that mm-hmm. is very much, like we said, cordoned off or, you know, it's national parks and it's all this land that. But what if it is uh, just, again, like a big garden of. Of cryptids. And DA, are those forests old growth forests, or have most of those all, like in Ohio, all of our national our state parks and national parks are all, have been completely cleared, and within the last 120, 150 years, the trees we have in Ohio are now, they're all new growth forests, like literally everything was chopped down. Do you guys have old growth areas? There are still sections of the Mark Twain that have never been logged. Hmm. That's, That's where really the cool. deep, deep, deep. That's neat. Because some of some of it is so hard to access. Yeah. There's no way you could get a vehicle in there. There's too many, you know, little river valleys and too many, too many, too many canyons. It, just getting back there, even with a four wheel drive, would be impossible. There are places where you simply can't get in, short of going in on foot or on horseback, and then it would take days and days and days. Sounds like the Amazon. <laughs> Like impenetrable yeah, forest. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, God knows what's out there. You could have, um, you know, I mean, you could have such diverse in, in big giant creatures that nobody's ever going to run into. You guys are familiar with the Bigfoot call referred to as the Ohio howl, correct? Yes, yes. I had a friend call me from his deer camp in the, in the Mark Twain, and he said, hey, you know more about this crap than I do. What the hell is this? And he held up his phone, and I could hear a call almost identical to the Ohio howl. He goes, whatever the hell that is, it's less than 100 yards from my camp. What is it? I'm like, I think I'd get the hell out of there if I were you. Wow. He's He's like, I don't believe in Bigfoot. I'm like, well, you know, you may not believe in it, but give that 15 minutes, and you may be changing your mind. Yeah, Bigfoot might believe in you. Well, didn't Hickenbottom say that he he had heard something that was similar? Had heard they had recorded something. Him and his wife. And yeah, he heard. They brought up the YouTube video when they got in their car and drove away, and. They brought up the Ohio Howl to kind of compare what they had. And they're like, well, how do we know that it's not some guy blaring through speakers, the Ohio Howl, back at them? Right. Because there's a lot of Bigfoot hunters that blast that Ohio Howl recording to try to get a response back. I know I'm not saying that happened to your friend, but I'd never thought of that before. I thought that was really, really interesting. But Hickenbottom wasn't sure what he had captured. Um, But, you know, it, it was interesting just to. That because that Ohio house is so popular by people to use it in the it's field. Not a, it's not a bad idea because I've done it to piss off birds around my house before. Record, Play bird calls? Record a cardinal. Yeah. Record itself. 
and then play it back at itself. <laughs> oh, yeah, it'll get them. So you can't do things like that. I'm not saying, obviously, at all that that's what happened here either. It's just with the anecdote from another guest saying, you know, their experience was, was it that re- was it a recording that somebody was trying to invoke, yeah, you he- know, to get a response in a certain way? Yeah. Who's sure, you know, wasn't sure, but... um you know, well, playing that near near a camp full of armed deer hunters probably not the best thing. Right. To do. If you want to get shot, that's a real good way to do it. And that's what he was think. That's kind of what he said too. There's a lot of you know. It was during deer season. Yeah, but there's a few less than bright bulbs out there, DA. I think you'd be surprised. Good that, point. Uh, <laughs> you, you know. There was a video that was floating around for a while of some guys uh, that played the Ohio Howl over loudspeakers along the Mogollon Rim in Arizona. And the third time they played it, they got something that screamed back at them, and it wasn't the same howl. It was something angry, and it was hmm. very close. Wow. And they jumped in their truck and got the hell out of there. Wow. They yeah. pissed something off playing that. That's what I'm saying. I think so. Yeah. I mean, those are those are kind of the worst stories that you hear of people that just really don't understand what they're getting into. They take their son out. We're going to go Bigfoot hunting. And the next thing you know, you get up into their territory and you're getting stuff thrown at you. And then, you know, some ill-prepared hunter starts to blast shots into the woods. And next thing you go, you got four or five of them on your tail and you're trying to drive out of there and they're surrounding you. Have you ever heard any stories like that, DA? DA's mixing it up in the chat. I love it. All right, I was answering a question. Yeah, Wyatt um, asked his, uh, what, what did Wyatt say? Uh, I've heard a he wood He said knock. there are probably areas of the Ozarks that have not been, people have not been in over 100 years or not at all. Wow. Yeah, uh, very easily. Uh, and uh, can you repeat that question, man? I'm sorry, I was, I was typing his answer and only heard part of the question. Me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't remember what I was saying. What was I saying? I didn't know. No help. I was reading. You are no help. I was. Three things just happened there once. Someone got into the chat. And I didn't know I was um, the court reporter. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember what I was saying, DA. It's all good. It's all good. You were asking a question about something. I don't remember what. Something about if it was Sasquatch or Dogman. I don't know where you were going. Mm. Something about reports. So, oh, getting chased. About, Somebody going hunting with their son and whether the yeah, reports you heard any, being chased out. Because I know you, you, guys, you guys come across some of the more intense story. Because for me, until I really met you and Robbie and, and some of your guys, and, and a lot of the stories that I've heard are kind of like kind of bump-ins with Sasquatch or these creatures. Now, Dogman's a totally different story, but where there's more peaceful. But until I met you guys, you guys talk about a lot of, like, super intense encounters where people are being run out of areas or being attacked and uh, damn near, you know, taken out. We just did an encounter episode just the other day, and two of the encounters we talked about at the end were encounters I've had for a while. Uh, one of them was from a guy who was uh, actually he think he I think he's retired now was with the Missouri Department of Conservation, uh, who went out looking for a poacher and found the guy had been killed, basically cracked up like a pretzel. Uh, his deer stand had been ripped down and smashed. Uh, what he thought was that he the guy probably took a shot at one mm-hmm. and it killed it killed him. 
Uh, and another another one was a was a guy I knew growing up. I, I used to deer hunt with his son and you know bucked hay with him and hauled wood and everything. And he told me a story at deer camp about what happened to him out uh, hunting morel mushrooms. Uh, he he uh, got hit with a rock and almost you said pretty much knocked him out. And while he was trying to recover it, they, you know, a, a group of Bigfoot killed his dog and almost killed him. Man. That's intense. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like if you do stumble into its territory, you you might have all the pop, most positive intentions, but I guess I'm not really trying to, you know, get cornered by some seven foot beast. Um, and I know that you guys had Jesus Pion Jr. on recently, DA. Mm-hmm. Um, He's an awesome dude. Yeah, uh, we've been chatting with him a little bit since he got back from his his trip and and I know he had some interesting stuff uh that he shared with us and, and I, I wasn't sure if he, he talked to you a little bit about some of that stuff on your show. I haven't watched the full episode yet. Uh I I, I made it about halfway through your Jesus episode. He's uh, he's got some interesting stuff going on down in New Mexico. He lives down uh, down in Alamogordo, New Mexico, not far from White Sands. And well, you know, recently in White Sands, they found footprints, bare hominid footprints yeah. in the in the yeah. in the sandstone that are you know kind of setting what we know of uh, of uh, the population of of North America on its ear because these things predate what they believed modern man existed on the North American continent. Right, uh, blows away you know, Clovis, thousands of years old. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like twenty three thousand years old, and Clovis is like. Right. Supposed to be like eight or nine thousand, just b- destroys it. Right. Man. I think what we're going to discover is not only have these things been around a lot longer than we realize, um, that you know we've we've evolved beside them. Um, like for example, the uncanny valley theory. You guys are familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you, know, you enlightened us did on a, the uncanny valley. I, I think on maybe it was your episode. They, um, you know, they did a scientific study uh, checking all across the planet from people from all walks of life and different cultures and discovered that psychologically we are all basically pre-programmed to be afraid of something that looks almost like us in the dark. And I think that means at some point in our past, probably about the time we were developing fire, something that looked a lot like a human used to hunt us. And probably did so fairly routinely. And, you know, I think it was, you know, I think it was these creatures. I think, especially if you look at the book Them and Us by Danny Vendramini, which is a reimagination of the, of what Neanderthal looked like. Um, they, you know, of course, the original, what we thought Neanderthal looked like was all because of the British museums in the 1800s. And they tried to make them look as humanoid as possible. However, Danny Vendramini commissioned a forensic reconstruction of a skull. And what they got is absolutely terrifying. It matches the description of a, what a lot of people describe when they talk about Sasquatch. Uh, you know, Them and Us is such a, it's about how Nan, Nan it's a book's called Them and Us, How Neanderthal Predation Shaped Modern Man. Fantastic book. Um, and when you look at the, the the drawings that they've got, the construction they did of the skull, it does. It looks like a lot of the descriptions of modern Bigfoot. Hmm. Damn. Rock blades. What's up, DA? Meg, Tombstone, Wyatt, Mopar Phil, Necro, everybody, Nancy. 
shout out, little shout out. And I know we had the Cryptid Hunters in here earlier. Yeah. 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 Popping, talking. Welcome one one and all. Uh, quite a crowd going. Yeah, awesome. We, we got with the chats on fire tonight, baby. <laughs> hey, Necro, thank you so much. Uh, we got a super chat. Case systems are great hiding spots, too. What would you do with a cryptid if you caught one? Send it to the Smithsonian for testing? DA? Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. The Smithsonian is just make it A little bit of a troll happening there. <laughs> um, oh. The funny thing he brings up, cave systems, is some of the most recent, um, some of the most recent articles written What's about up? the Mammoth Cave System. Yeah. They believe the Mammoth Cave System extends from, from Maine to southern New Mexico down to Carlsbad Caverns. Wow. And that would connect right through Missouri, through Arkansas. Missouri's a cave state. We have tons of caves in this state. And in some cases, we don't know how deep they go. Uh, same thing with the mammoth cave systems. They believe they've explored less than 5% of the mammoth cave systems simply because they go too deep. Um, yeah, if you know, It would not surprise me that these things are using cave systems not only as places where they can hide during the day or, or stay away from humans when they want to, uh, but also as highways. I mean, if these things will travel the, the length of the country, essentially, you know, why not use them as highways to, to avoid being seen? Uh, it, it just makes a great deal of sense that these things would use caves. Uh, one of the theories that we, we've been talked about on our show is that the the wood knock sound that people hear that they describe to Bigfoot uh, may be for more than just, you know, them giving away a position above ground. We think, and in not, I'm not saying this in all cases, but we think some of the times when people are reporting wood knocks, they're actually making it with their tongue that they they make a mouth popping noise and that can also be used for echolocation mm -hmm. uh, we've got lots of cases where people you know humans have taught themselves to echolocate uh, you know, you know, there was a guy who was uh, taught himself. He was blind. He was blind. He he went blind. He wasn't born blind, um, but he went blind, and then he taught himself to ride a bicycle by using echolocation. Wow. That's crazy. Oh, that makes total sense. That's crazy. Yeah. So if, if we can teach whale. ourselves to do it, yeah. Oh yeah. Well yeah. For sure. For sure. And with our rudimentary senses too, you know, not even having like the greater, you know heightened senses too nancy asks is is why is no one mapping the caves are people mapping caves da they is are. it independently being researched or is this uh, you know it's hard work a part of our our government well, here, here's survey? the thing well the u.s geological survey usgs they they um they map a lot of the cave systems and there are private groups that do it as well. You know, they'll, you know, some of them are looking for resources. Others just exploring the caves, looking, you know, for conservation, looking for endangered species. But here's the thing. Exploring a cave system is not like exploring the Mark Twain. If the mm -hmm. three of us decided tomorrow we were going to take a deep exploration of the Mark Twain National Forest, we could arrange to have helicopters drop supplies in predestination, predetermined points where we could get supplies. You can't do that underground. Underground, you've got to go in, establish a base camp, bring in your supplies, and then you go out farther from there and establish another base camp and then ferry supplies in. There's no way you can have just an airdrop of supplies brought in. You have to pack in literally everything. And anything beyond a couple of days in, not only is your air quality getting sketchy, mm -hmm. but your supply lines are getting strained. Wow. So anything mm -hmm. in that cave system 
if they, we've talked about this before, maybe something's using that, you think it's just a highway. It's not a stay in there. So maybe there's access points that we just don't know about that to get in the cave system further on than, say, entering at point A and going all the way to this point. There have to be jump-in points because otherwise something else using that, it wouldn't be very efficient if they had to navigate the entire right. system. There have to be almost like little Super Mario World tunnels where they can be like, I want to well, jump in at this section like a subway. That's where they have subways under there that connect all the cave systems with the deep underground bases. Well, and that's different. No, no, that's different. The, that's different. You're system. talking about government no, and like no, man-made there. No, no, but they're using – this is something I've been interested in lately is that they've known forever about these cave systems and that the bases are actually being built in conjunction with already natural traveling areas. Oh, should that make that sense? The cryptids and different animals and inner earth beings and weird stuff like the Van Meter Visitor or Mothman or well, yeah. any of these things may be coming out of. And the deep underground bases are, are you know, connected with these boring tunnel, um, like you said, subway systems. Yeah. No, no. That's super high speed. That's a different story, though. I'm but talking I about the natural all, cave system. But I think it's part of the natural cave system that they're utilizing the natural stuff, too, of making these hubs all over the country. And I think the natural cave systems are a part of the network underground. That could be. That it's all kind of one thing. Yeah, yeah they're digging them out and building bases, but they're using, um, you know, I'm sure that people have been, for as long as we've been on this country, have been exploring these caves and the elite. I think they know pretty well. I think they've been able to map a lot of these cave systems. Well, for personal reasons as well, you know, places, yeah. uh, places that, or, uh, what do they call it, continuity of government? Right. We know we've got deep underground facilities. Should mm-hmm. you know, a major war break out, that they will they will you know get our 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 elected officials deep in these caverns so that they're protected in case there's a nuclear exchange. But you know, I think there's more than just that. There's a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Mikey, I sent you another image. Okay, cool. Love it. The image is a map. The, the top is the known superclusters and clusters of major major missing people from the missing 411. The one beneath it is known cave systems. Look how close they fall in. I'm going to download this and then send it to Kyle. Let's see here. It looks like uh, one of those images where people put the pins on the map of like places there you it visited. Is. It's like everybody's visiting the cave systems. There it is. Up in the Finger Lakes. Yeah, there we go. I'll be right back, guys. I have to get the bathroom real quick. You'll notice these missing, these these major missing cases fall almost identically on top of where these known cave systems are. Oh, yeah. It's just interesting, though, how thick and dense the cave systems are on the you know, Midwest and the East Coast and how dense the you know, the top map is on the West coast. It doesn't look like there's nearly as heavy of a cave system out West. Is that just because it's not been mapped as well? I don't think it's a bit, part of it's because it hasn't been mapped, hmm. but a lot of it is uh, all of the volcanoes out in that area, like Mount St. Helens. Uh, but then there's massive numbers of lava tubes from previous eruptions. So there's cave systems out there. We're not even aware of. I, okay. That's something you just brought up there. I've never even really thought of a lava tube. 
What explain that to me? Does that cool down after the lava shoots out of it and it leaves like a hollow tube after that, or is it? I mean, is that as lava starts to dry from an eruption, the it dries from the outside in and it stays hot toward the center. Well, where it's still the hottest, it's still moving. It's still moving like like water. And as that eruption stops and the outer layers have cooled, but the inside is still still lava, that will actually run out and leave these long extended miles and miles lava tubes, these empty tubes where the lava has cooled around it, but there was still a, a magma core. Mm. Uh, so, you know, they, they find these lava tubes all the time. That's so crazy. I, I you know, especially just with the cave systems and the, you know, we're, we're very visual creatures. You know, we, if we can't see it, we don't think of it out of sight, out of mind, you know. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of people that are very unaware of the amount of, uh, you know, underground cave systems and the possibilities of what could be down there. And again, like Mike was saying earlier too, like, yes, our government has gone down there and carved out some massive underground tunnels and, and structures mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, places to store things, right? They're, they're good areas to store things because of the temperature and humidity control, um, I just well, just here in town, there's a place they call the Springfield Underground, which is miles of underground storage facilities. I used to work security down there years ago before I was before before I became a cop, and they're just massive warehouses. Uh, there's food storage. There's the the National Guard has storage down there. There's mechanical storage. There's an entire section that all it is is an internet hub that has massive server farms. Mm. This place is massive, and you know you. you like big enough, you can drive semis oh, yeah. down there to these loading docks. And that's just the one here in Springfield that I know of. And I know there's another one down by Joplin, Missouri, but it's for sale. It's empty. Hmm. That's where our go. buddy lives. Let's get that. Let's get the Joplin, Missouri mine. Take Hell that yeah. So, DA, we were just actually uh, near uh, Mothman area. Mikey was. He was down in Point Pleasant. If you have anybody that's ever come across a Mothman sighting, I have not. Uh, Mothman is not one I've really researched a whole lot other than, you know, watch some of the documentaries and read about it. Uh, I've never been to Point Pleasant, but I know that there have been more recent Mothman sightings Mm -hmm. in Chicago near the airport. Uh, Supposedly, there was a Mothman sighting in Pripyat, Ukraine, right before Chernobyl went up. Um, they're, they're, these things—it's been cited in lots of places, uh, and, and more more so than we may have even realized. Um, I'm not entirely certain what the Mothman is, but it does certainly seem to be a portent of doom. Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely more and more. I look into it, and when I went to the festival, I got to hang out with uh, the guy from the folks from the Paranormal Road Trippers, which if you guys haven't heard about Mm -hmm. them, they're awesome. Um, They have a cool little museum in Kentucky. And what he was saying was that there's all this new information that's been coming out of the TNT area. And there's people that have been, because there's all these little ponds and lakes all over this, this area is enormous. It's so big. And the underground bases were actually blown up. So you have these huge structures on top where you can see, clearly see when you drive around, they're everywhere. But then these ponds and lakes have been blown up and sunk down in, and that's what you're seeing on these lakes. So they think that a lot of people think that those bases, that's where all the research and kind of stranger things stuff was happening 
and where they were potentially opening up portals for these things to come through. And from what I understand, there are new portals that a couple researchers, and they're keeping all this stuff super hush-hush. Apparently, there's a lot of infighting with Mothman researchers in Point Pleasant, apparently, where you kind of have certain factions of guys that go head-to-head. Um, but these these portals are being observed and tracked, but no one's afraid to come out and actually talk about it because other researchers are going to steal their their hotspots. So, I mean, it's it's you, just do you guys soap opera? Have you guys ever heard the term Pomcus Cash? No, nope. P O M C U S Pomcus. It stands for Positioned Outside Military Control United States. We have been hiding them across the United States and in our allied countries since World War II. These are fully functional underground facilities loaded with enough equipment to keep anything from a company to a battalion armed and fighting. And they are hidden all over the country. Wow. Yeah. And then the hills of Appalachia, you know, Ohio, West Virginia, Kentucky, there's so much stuff you can hide. I mean, we were just driving around through Meigs County and just these big giant boulders and and who knows what's in that. Those woods are so, so deep. Um, you know, even though that most of those forests, like I said, have all been stripped for mining and so forth, but it's a very, very, very unique area. And when you drive around down there, it's just a, it's a weird, weird vibe. I mean, that's all the creepy Halloween vibe is all year round. Mm-hmm. I know a few places like that here in Missouri, too, that are just even, you know, you know, at Halloween in particular, especially. But, you know, even in any given time of the year, you just get the heebie-jeebies being in there. Yeah. What's a good example of that, D.A.? Uh, there's a town here in Missouri called Avila, A-V-I-L-L-A. Uh, it, it was kind of a bustling little town until Interstate 44 went through and pretty much killed Route 66. Mm. Now it's a ghost town. There's not much there. Uh, but there are people that have reported, you know, seeing uh, shadow figures walking in and around the buildings when they'd stopped to take pictures of some of these old Route 66 landmarks. Uh, and there was a nasty battle fought just prior to the Civil War there between pro-Union and pro-Southern forces. Uh, a lot of people were killed right outside of that little town. And most recently, I've heard report of people claiming there's a skinwalker in the area, uh, mm. which would not surprise me. I've been trying to set up a time to where I can get down there and do some investigating because it's not far from here. But it's just one of those places that it just you get the heebie-jeebies anytime you go near the place and there's quite a few places here in missouri that are like that the old joe bald campground uh, that where i caught that video mm-hmm. that's one of those places that if even in broad daylight it'll give you the kind of a kind of an odd vibe yeah what are the skinwalker reports that are coming out of uh, a villa people talking about you know animals getting killed uh things trying to get into people's houses that kind of thing okay um yeah, it's. I, I'm fine. I'm getting kind of mixed reports. Uh, I'm trying to chase down the sources. Yeah. Uh, but I'm hoping. I'm hoping that I can. I can get some concrete. Like this is the area. Uh, my buddy Wes is. Uh, he he's uh, he's Navajo. He said you find it, and I'll go out there and help you get rid of it. Uh, so hopefully wow. we can we can we can locate where it's at, and uh, and we'll. We'll go out and hopefully deal with it. He sounds fairly confident. How, yeah. Can you expound upon his skill set? <clears throat> sounds like the Liam uh, Neeson well, of dogmen. <laughs> he, uh, or uh, sorry, of his, his mother. 
His mother's his mother was born on the Navajo reservation, so he's half okay. Navajo. Okay. Um, but his his mother is very uh very gifted psychically, we'll put it that way. Uh she's a very nice, awesome lady, just a very, very wonderful person. Uh, but her and him and his his whole family has kind of been involved in in the occult and 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 dealing with things like this for a very long time. Uh and it's just something that, you know, they kind of fell on their family and it's something that they they kind of do. In fact, uh, we're almost finished with a kind of a mini documentary uh that we shot at an old Civil War graveyard and Wes went with us because we were seeing shadow figures at the graveyard. Mm. Uh, so, you know, hopefully in the next week or so, we'll have that out. Hopefully you guys will get a kick out of that. It's pretty that fun. Sounds great. And we're going to, we're going to do a follow-up that we're going to do a follow-up to that, that mini documentary, uh, because now we're hearing there may be a Banshee assi- attached to that area as well. Mm, people are hearing Banshee screams at night. Exactly. I've heard it multiple times. Dude. And that is just, just a couple of miles from the Wilson's Creek National Battlefield. Right, go. it's all. It's actually on the shore of Wilson's Creek. Now, in those areas, have you ever heard of any occult activity? People coming across uh, pentagrams in the woods, altars in the woods, because a lot of this stuff, and from what I've read and and looked into, is so many times you have these weird sightings of cryptid-type creatures or, like, the Wendigos. And some of these things that we consider, like, physical cryptids are really possibly connected to occultic-type stuff where there's portals and stuff being opened up where hikers are kind of at night, you know, got in the wrong area or heard about this place and went out there. And then, you know, there's these weird sightings of, like, these creepy, demonic-like creatures that sometimes can be looked at as possibly natural or spiritual. Um, if you've ever come across any stories of people coming across occultic type stuff, since it is I, Halloween. Actually, actually, I have heard numerous stories of, of you know, finding, you know, occult, occult paraphernalia, um, you know, people that have, have tried to tried to perform different uh, rituals in some of these areas. Um, we've even come across areas where uh, there was like, the remnants of can candles and bones. Uh, I've, I've seen those myself. Um, but, uh, you know, when you mentioned the Wendigo, I don't think the Wendigo is a cryptid at all. I think it is supernatural in origin. Yeah. Uh, I think it is the personification of, of hunger. I think it is, you know, uh, like almost like a, it, I hate to use the word demon, but I, I, it's essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. It's the demon of hunger, of starvation. And it's generally brought upon people uh, who've eaten human flesh. Um, so, which makes me think if there wasn't perhaps a, a Wendigo involved with the whole Donner Party incident. Mm. Say that again with Donner Party. What the Donner Party in Colorado. You yeah. know, you're not familiar with the Donner Party. I don't know why in, I'm not. In, I, yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember exactly what year it was. It was in the 1800s. Uh, there was a party led by the Donner family uh, that was going to try to make it through the Rocky Mountain Pass to get to Colorado. They left too late in the year and got caught in a snowstorm and wound up eating each other. And uh, when they were rescued, there was about half of them left, and they had been eating on the ones that died. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a pretty famous case, uh, but it makes me wonder if it might have been you know you know something to do with a Wendigo mm. all along. Wow, God. 
the Donner Party. Because that, that was in Colorado, and I know there have been Wendigo sightings recently in Colorado. Mm. In fact, uh, not too far north of where my friend Doc lives, uh, there was a Girl Scout camp that was shut down because of Wendigo sightings. Man. What? Okay, go into that a little bit. Do you have any detail on that other than just that? Or I mean, What we've you- been able to gather is there was a camp. Uh, it was a Girl Scout camp. They would go up in the summers and let the girls girls camp here. They at first started saying, "Hey, once it starts getting dark, we don't want you guys leaving your cabins. We don't don't want you leaving. You know, we don't want you leaving the campsite. Stay in your cabin when it gets dark." And then things started coming into the camp. Um, and after that, they shut the camp down. Uh, Doc says, "If I can get out to Colorado, he's going to take me up there." Of course, we're gonna we're gonna go armed to the friggin' teeth, but That's I want to want to go up there and see if I can spot one. Nice, jeez, um, I, I I recently uh, upgraded my arsenal, so I've got something now that'll that'll knock something big down. Oh yeah, <laughs> that sounds promising. But what if this yeah. Wendigo is supernatural, as you yeah, say? Yeah, I was thinking that too. Well, then we're gonna I'll find save the out. Last bullet for me. About to find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's too funny, man. That's wild. So it's too funny you say it too, because my sister just randomly texted me that the other day. I was like, "Have you ever heard of the Wendigo?" And I'm like, "Of course I have," but you know, I'm not an expert on it. You know, I've, I've watched, a, I think, a film, a horror film years ago when I was in a horror fiction writing class about the Wendigo, and I was doing a lot of Lovecraft, you know, reading and uh, doing some of those story works. I remember watching a film on the Wendigo, and it was really good. It was very freaky. I remember being like, this is not a story I've ever heard growing up or kind of lore that, you know, was um, really on the up and up. But I think it's definitely, you know, um, gained notoriety over the last, you know, maybe decade and a half or so that where it's it's gaining an awareness um, on a more broad level than maybe just a little pocket here, a little pocket there. So that's wild. Well, there's a. The the book I'm working on right now is for my series. It's called Dark Frontiers, and it, this the book that I'm working on right now is actually called Cry of the Wendigo. Uh, it's it's set in 1865. Uh, it's about a group of guys that hunt monsters. Um, and you know, just right after the Civil War here in Missouri, and the, you know, the, they're going to encounter a Wendigo. But I'm setting it in a place where there was a modern case of cannibalism just a couple of years ago. If you Google Dallas County, Missouri cannibal, you'll find the story. Uh, There were two guys that lived near Moon Valley, Missouri, which is in Dallas County, uh, that apparently for years had been abducting people and butchering them like deer. Wait a minute. Why? Damn. Isn't there deer available? Aren't there? Oh yeah, just yeah. deer. Apparently, instead? they just liked the taste. Good grief! Apparently, they just liked it. Oh my goodness! Yeah, they're both in prison now, but it, apparently, it had been going on for years, probably decades. Has I, I that has to turn into some kind of a um, film or documentary or a, it, it needs somebody's got to be studying those two. Yeah. Well, yeah, but the locals are a little touchy about it. My really? wife and I went down there. To, my wife and I went down there to shoot some video, and we had people stop us and say, "Hey, what are you guys filming for? What are you doing?" And uh, I was like, "Well, I'm just you know filming a promo for my podcast." They're like, um, "What are you? Are you down here because of the, the 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 incident with the cannibals?" And I was like, "Well, no, I was just filming the valley." They're like, "Okay, because we don't really want to be on record for that." Uh, it's a pretty touchy subject down there, and the house where those guys live burned down. 
Here's the thing. Here's the thing I'll say to that. Nobody wants to advertise that, you know, home of cannibals, you know. Uh, right. Again, Columbus, Ohio, home of Dahmer. Dahmer went to OSU for a while, right? Definitely like, no, not the home of Dahmer. Well, but. whatever. I'll claim it the home of Dahmer. <laughs> but he was more of a Wisconsin. What I'm he saying is, a lot of people in regardless, what I'm saying is nobody wants to put that up on like, hey, come to the state of here, home of this, you know. But if we you are the don't, home of Billy, if Billy home of Dead Bundy. If you don't, there's the problem in it that those things can persist. And if people go, oh, there's never been a case of you know two uh, you know local yokels out there chopping everybody up and you know cooking them with a side of spuds. No, there is. There are these cases. There is Albert Fish. Yeah. There are all of these weird serial killers and you know cannibalists over the years that wrote their own cookbooks on how to eat people like. That's a wild yeah. thought, but I get it that somebody there is like, you know, I don't really want you. But, hey, why not? Maybe it turns it into a tourist town. Maybe you can take this negative thing and turn it into a bright spot. Well, it's not really a town area. It's in the middle of nowhere. So, okay. Uh, there's there's only a few houses out there. There aren't many people that live in this area. Uh, the area is called Moon Valley. Uh, it's, it's here in Missouri, but it is off the beaten path. In fact, the road to it isn't even paved. Oh, wow. Would you say there's a twang of banjo on the air if you hold your head just right? <laughs> well, I, I floated that. It's the Nyingle River. I floated that river in a canoe many times. And, uh, well, let's just say I won't float that river unarmed. Wow. Dude. Just won't happen. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. <laughs> this episode. And that was before the cannibals. That Even before the cannibals, I wouldn't float that river unarmed. Yeah. I Yeah. Wow. And that's just a crazy, like, again, that'll give me a little bit of concern for a while. Like, because I'm going to be really like, okay, well, it is a possibility now that it could happen. Yeah. Things like that really happen. I mean, you got to be aware. Yeah, Tombstone put the banjos up there. I'm sorry, but yeah, you know, everybody knows what I'm talking about there if you know Deliverance. But I mean, just that thought of... They had to have been. Who do you think they were abducting and cannibalizing, though? Was it locals? Was it because you would think yeah. they would get caught pretty quick if they were doing it? And it was the, you know, like, well, how are Bill and Jeff up here, you know, so portly? Like, man, everybody else is going missing. How are they staying so? Well, they weren't abducting anybody from their area. Yeah. They were picking up. They were picking up people at bar, women at bars. They were picking up homeless people. They were, they would come to Springfield, which is an hour away. Um, so they, they were, they were smart enough not to hunt in their own area. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. But God knows how many missing people from this area are, are actually because of them. Yeah. Well, and that's always kind of an unnerving thought. You know, we always joke about, thank God we didn't have cell phones and cameras and all this stuff when we were younger or whatever. But in the same context, you know, if we had law enforcement that was able to talk to each other back in the day before Ted Bundy got around and, you know, there are things like that where it's like, man, how many people slipped through the cracks for decades, hundreds of years? Like, How about 9-11? What do you mean? Well, just the fact that all of the people in the planes slipped through the cracks. The FBI knew about it. The CIA knew about it. But nobody was talking to each nobody other. Nobody was sharing information. Nobody was sharing information. Oh, I see what you're and saying. Now, I see. Okay, I'm with you now. That took me a hot minute there. I'm sorry. Yeah, a little I'm slow with today. You. No, I didn't know which angle you were going. I didn't know which angle you were going on. You knew what a Wendigo was, Necro said, but you didn't know what the Donner. I didn't know if you were going on a certain angle on nine eleven. I didn't know what that. Oh, just continuity of of information, like DA was saying earlier. I mean, even before 
Look uh, at Hawaii. Look at East Palestine or Steen. Sorry, Dizbro. I don't know if it's Palestine or Palestine, it's Palestine. here. Whatever. There's all those instances where things slip through the cracks, and we've got people in high places that should be watching the dial, but they don't like. Yeah. I mean. EPA. Scary. Yeah. It's 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 it's, it's uh, that's a whole different topic, but there's just a issue where you think an impenetrable fortress or somebody that's going to have their eyes on something. Uh, yeah, you're just like baffled by how many times the ball gets dropped certain mm-hmm, times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The uh, the FBI estimates there's more than a dozen serial killers active in the United States at any given time. And the 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 the, the truly creepy Halloween portion of this story that'll give you nightmares at night is we don't catch the smart ones. We catch the ones that screw up Mm -hmm. and the ones that want to get caught. The ones that think that they can taunt the the FBI and not get caught. Yeah. The ones that are truly smart about it will never catch. Right. Like Zodiac. What would you say? Okay, DA, let's get real kind of speculative here because I don't know there's a hard and fast number on this, but for every BTK that does flaunt it in our face and we actually catch them or, you know, Richard Ramirez or any one of the, you know, significant serial killers that, you know, was really good at it until they got caught basically because of their own hubris, hubris, right? Yeah. Yeah. But for those, for those out there that have self-control, which would be a, you know, you got to have that trait if you're doing something like that to a certain degree. It's really interesting. The amount of non-control and self-control at the same time, which is so bizarre to me, but... What do you think if the percentage of, of people that might have gotten away with it? For every one that we catch, how many do you think get away with it? I bet we're catching less than 10%. That's shocking. According, well, according to NAM US, wow. according to NAM US, over 300,000 people go missing every year. And how you think a lot of that is contributed US. to serial killers? In the US alone. In the US alone, 300,000. So globally, we're looking at a way bigger number, obviously. Right. But that's a... If I if I were a silly serial killer and I wanted to get away with it, you know how I would do it? I would love to hear it. I would be a solo, over-the-road truck driver. Yeah, we've yeah. talked about that. And Burton, thank you so much. You, Burton, Burton, local legends. Uh, super chat, much love. He said, looking good, guys, which I, I think he's that. lying, but we appreciate it. DA, we just had a pick serial a, you killer. You could pick up a hitchhiker yeah. or somebody at a truck stop. They're not going to get reported. Yeah. They're well, not going to get reported missing. Well, and we just how long had a serial going killer going right yeah. now in Columbus. This just happened. Breaking news, recently. everybody. We were yeah. going to wait till Strange <laughs> Happenings. We were going to do a piece Article on this. But on it, yeah. uh, one of the few female serial killers in history has just happened right now, was uncovered here in Columbus, Ohio. She was taking Johns uh, to a hotel, drugging, drugging them, them with fentanyl, yep. doing uh, basically uh, homicidal overdoses with these guys, jacking their wallets, stealing. Stealing all their stuff, moving on. Um, they think that th- there's four confirmed victims. There she is, um, and she's 33 years old, y'all. Take a she's take a, a look at this photo. She's a bright and spry 33 year old, and that's a wig. Okay, I don't want to know that. Like- that's guarantee has to be a wig. I, you're right. So you're probably well, bald 33 year old serial right. killer wearing this wig here, um, and they they think there's probably. Many, many more victims. Oh, sure. Four that's confirmed. So, oh, sure. again, this is somebody that's working in, with, 
you know, in the, in the kind of the seedier part of, of our society where you don't have a lot of people hanging out at these, you know, shady motels and hotels over there on Cleveland Avenue. God knows what's going on down. It's not like, you know, you're every, but it's also a socioeconomic person. thing too. Yeah. If you're and, poor, you might not get found. If you're, if you're wealthy, you're yep. probably going to get found, which right. if we go back to Murdoch's silence of the lambs, yeah. His last victim was the daughter of a senator or a congresswoman, right? Like, Got she busted. made it mm-hmm. out of there, didn't mm-hmm. she? Because mm-hmm. her mom was on TV and this and that. For everybody that DA is saying is a homeless person, a vagrant, a uh, yeah. uh, apt pupil going out and killing the bum in the alley, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of quote-unquote disposables out there that people don't, you know, they're just an NPC. They're just a number. They're just they're nobody important, so nobody cares. And, you know, it, it's Well, it's you really know, somebody reports. If somebody even bothers to report a homeless person missing, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that to sound bad. I'm just saying right. in most cases, nobody's going to report a missing. Right. But if somebody does, law enforcement is just going to be, this is a homeless person. How do I find How them? do we know they didn't just leave the area? Right. Yep. Yeah. Right. 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 Absolutely. No. And, and that's what I'm saying. It's there are so many levels of like you can't even go, well, they they they're always here. Or, you know, Bob is always at this cart or this burn barrel or this part, this underpass. And two, even in the 80s and 90s, if you were a kid that went missing, it was always written off. How soon did they run away? Have they run away from home before? Unfortunately, and that was, if you look into police manuscripts and and a lot of what they're taught is more, more than likely it's a runaway. Parents get upset because it's like, well, 48 hours, you have to wait to wait for them to come back if they are a a runaway. So by the time they're gone, gone, it's too late. These kids, their parents are like, they're not runaways. This is not not like them to do this, but it's too late. What do you think about that, DA? When you were a cop, did you ever come across that where – um, you know, there was runaway, uh, but then it turned out that, you know, th- there was something more sinister that happened potentially. I I think cases like that, I've never worked a runaway case. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't, de- oh, was never a detective. Uh, I've, I've never worked a, worked a case like that. Uh, but I think if me personally, if it was reported as a missing child, uh, I think it should, you know, even if you think it's a runaway case, it should be investigated as an abduction until you're proven wrong. I think so too. Yeah. And I think up until recently that has not been the case. I think even if it's not like, okay, so if your 12 year old runs away, you're just going to say, well, they ran away. We'll give them 40. Like, why wouldn't you still go after them? Like you think you'd go after them even more like, God, that's uh, unsafe. They'll they'll come back because in the eighties and seventies, to their credit, there were massive amounts of kids running away. In the 70s and 80s, there was just a thing where kids ran away from. When home we're talking kids, though, we're talking time. like 16, Teenagers. 17. I agree. I agree. Almost bordering not on adulthood children. at 18. Not, not seven year olds. Not uh, ten year olds. Not. Ele- I'm not yeah. 11 trying to make my way across country. I'll yeah. be dead right. and cold before I get to the next town over because, like, I don't. I can't do anything. But you know, and we're also talking about an era when we didn't lock our doors at night at yes. all. You know, we we, yes. we weren't near as at as all. as as guarded or as jaded as as our societies become yeah. because crime is such a rampant thing now. Yeah. Back in the seventies, I'm seventy. You know, when I was a kid in the seventies, my mom, I'd get on my bike and say, you know, hey, I'm going to go ride with my friends, and she'll say, be back by supper. Yeah, and I'd be gone all day. 
and nobody knew where the hell I was. We'd yeah. be out doing God knows what, riding all over creation. Yeah. And I, you know, come waltzing back in the house just before dinner, dinner time to eat. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And if I'd have gone missing, nobody would have known for hours. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Great point. Yeah, because I'd, I'd leave the house with a with a with a uh, you know, couple of baloney sandwiches thrown in a backpack and a canteen of water, and I'd be gone for you know ten hours. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, we did too. I mean, where we grew up, nobody locked their doors except around Country Fest weekend because all the carnival folk would straight up steal all your stuff. So for those three days, everybody's learned to lock their doors. Yeah. Well, yeah, there were there were certain times. The carnival folk would, would break in and rob you blind. Right. Now, DA, have you ever heard we're, we're on Halloween, we're talking about a little bit about the occult earlier and, and some things, that, you know, finding in the forest. What do you think, have you ever come across these interesting connections with some serial killers and occult behavior? Son of Sam... You have Charles Manson. Um, a lot of these groups seem to be at one point connected to early Scientology with Son of Sam, which is, I don't know if you've ever heard about this or have come across any of this uh, information before. You know, you know, when you start looking at the, at the, at the pathology of some of these serial killers, some of them were just, well, not only were, 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 you know, borderline geniuses or even genius level IQs, but there was there was some pretty serious psycho you know psychoactivity going on mm-hmm. there, like H. H. Holmes and his murder house in yeah, Chicago. Right? Uh, they think H. H. Holmes might have actually been Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, he's a candidate for. He was in England at the time the murders were going on. Uh, he had a very good knowledge of of uh, of of anatomy. Uh, you know, good enough to be basically performing surgery because it it's not like you know going to medical school was like it is today. You don't go for years and years to be a surgeon. You went to you know medical school and you were basically given a set of instruments and you know go forth and send no more kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It, because medical science wasn't what it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, so this guy could have could have very well been you know Jack the Ripper. I, he disappeared from England about the time the murder stopped and then set up shop here in the United States. Yep. And they have no idea how many people he killed or even why other than the fact he was just curious on how they worked. So yeah, it's very possible that a lot of these guys might have some uh, some, you know, connection to the occult that, you know, something is driving them to do this. And and do we you know we know for sure? No. We don't know like in the case of the Zodiac killer. We don't know what what drove the zodiac killer but we also know we never caught him mm-hmm. and he's obsessed with symbology and mm-hmm. and astronomy and the, there's a lot of occultic symbols there and you know with with son of sam the whole theory is that it wasn't just berkowitz that there was a whole group of these guys that were kind of a part of this secret cult there in new york and in yonkers where they had found dead german shepherds in the in these this area where they would meet and some of these guys like the son of sam the guy's dad name his name was Sam and Sam used to beat these boys and and then the kids that kind of were you know helping Berkowitz essentially that with this group um, you know they were in in South Dakota and they would pop up in these really weird ritualistic killings and they were suspects in other states for very very similar crimes as well and uh, you know the 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 early members of these groups, the Process Church, were actually all met in early Scientology churches. So the Process Church 
became uh, spun out of Scientology, which is really, really fascinating. And that's who Berkowitz and a lot of these guys were connecting with is this process church who was all about the end of days and, and you know, deep, deep, dark rituals and so forth. Um, but then the process church also has connections with Manson, which is very, very strange. Um, and then Manson admittedly was part of Scientology early on in his life before he went to prison. They were doing these clearings and so forth. Um, Burton, we got another uh, super chat. Thoughts on the smiley face killer? Ooh, the smiley face killer. Why? What is that? What are we talking about? DA, do you know anything about the smiley face killer? I'm trying to recall. There, there have been a number of killings across the country in a lot of different cities where either right next to or very near the body, a smiley face had either been been left behind or drawn on a wall, uh, kind of like the Red John murders in The Mentalist. Uh, but this smiley face was always prevalent. Um and it because it happens in such there it you is. know dis, you know wide distances apart happens all over the country um i think the smiley face killers may be a group of mm-hmm. killers yeah uh because if you look at the you know the smiley faces he just brought up yes they're all smiley faces but no two of them are the same right yep i think yeah. it is a i think it's a a group of people that have agreed upon a methodology to hunt other humans and get away with it. Yep, and they're probably connected on some chat room, you know, in some Tor browser. Dark web. Yeah, exactly. Here's, here's the kind of crazy thought about that, too, though, is like even DA saying something like that is like, I would have never thought of that, but now that I know about that, I can at least be aware of it. But if I'm also aware of it, it also gives somebody else the thought to, you know, the duality of it. Like, I'm not going to do right. it, but I'm like, now I'm aware that it could happen. Now but then that also means it. that there's somebody out there that could be doing it. That's the right. freakiest part about it is once the concept is there, then I'm like, shit, that might be really going on. And if it's occurred to you, who else has it not occurred to over the years? Yeah. All right. You know, oh, yeah. Back in history or even re- recently. Oh, well, 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 for example, you know, you talk about people getting the idea at the same time. Um, the, you know, the inventor of the telephone, um, you know, he he filed for his patent just hours before somebody else was going to try to file for the exact same patent. Right. You know, then these guys never met, but they invented the same thing almost at exactly the same time. Yeah, uh, Alexander Graham Bell just happened to get to the patent office first. Mm-hmm. Um, That's interesting. So you know who's who's to say other people that haven't come up haven't you know had these exact same ideas over the centuries and just kept it to themselves or did it very quietly in the background? How many Zodiac killers are there out there who didn't think you know what would be cool if I sent these encrypted messages? Yeah, encrypted messages to the to the paper to freak them out. Mm-hmm. What if they're just like you know what I'm going to start killing people and I'm not going to say anything? Yeah, copycatting. Yeah, yep. right. Well, and, and like you said, if you're really good at it, you don't get caught. Right. I mean, most of the people that get caught is because they get stupid about it. They get sloppy about it. They, you know, can't control themselves. Or they, de- or- they decide to taunt the press. That's one. Mm-hmm. That's one. I'm bigger than that. you are. I'm, That's I'm how smarter. BTK I'm- got caught. BTK, if you would have shut his mouth, but he just. So, you know, some of these serial killers only got caught 
Yeah, some of these serial killers only got caught because they wanted recognition for what they've done. Yeah. If you've got somebody who's a true craftsman, who and I, you know, okay, you know, maybe craftsman's not the uh, the right term, but if somebody that the 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 job itself is its own reward, it doesn't need recognition for it. They could be killing people for decades and nobody would ever know, especially if they had the methodology down to make it either one look like an accident or their choice of prey would not go noticed. Yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds of the, the I, there was a film years ago with John Cusack. I think it was called on frozen ground. Mm-hmm. You ever watch that one where he plays the guy. Is that one he was hunting that, yeah. He was hunting the serial killer up in Alaska. That's a good movie. He is the that serial is. killer though. John oh, that's Cusack right. Nick Cage the, was the, was the cop. Yeah. Right. But John Nick Cusack the cop would, hunting him. Yeah. John Cusack would get um, prostitutes. Would get them in his airplane, yeah. Fly them out in the middle of nowhere. God, and that hunt is them. a good movie. Why? And he'd take movie. his kid or so, like he would take his his kid or something. Helped bust that case open. He didn't take it was, him it's hunting. Based with him, off but. of a, a real story, though. That was based off a real story. I know that. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. And that guy used to take his kid hunting in the same area, and then the kid, his son, is the one that led the cops to where out. the bodies were. Yeah, because it clicked to the the kid started getting onto what his dad was doing, hmm. and so he would fly his bush plane out to where these burial grounds were, and the kid realized, oh. These hunting grounds, that's probably where he's burying the bodies. So they led the cops mm-hmm. to, because, I mean, he would fly. So there was no way you were finding those women. No. 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 Right. There he goes. Robert Hansen on Frozen Ground. Yep. Uh, from Necro. That's based on a real guy. Yeah, I know that's based on a real guy. That's why I was like, that's creepy stuff right there. That's yeah. I read The Greatest Game or the the whatever it was, right, when we were kids in, in grade school. The Greatest Game or whatever it was known as, something like that, where it was like basically wealthy people hunting people on an island. That's like that Ice-T movie. What? No, right? it's even before it was Ice-T, though. But, I mean, it's, it's an old There's book. There's been several movies, basically. Yeah, with that. That, surviving that the game, stuff like that, whatever it is. But, you know, the whole idea of, like, well, what's the greatest adversary? Hunting a human. It's the smartest animal. It's the this. It's the that. You know, so you've got 300,000 people go missing a year. What happens to them? Like. Well, there's a, there's a quote by Hemingway, and I can't remember. I can't give you the quote verbatim, uh, but it basically the quote, and I'm paraphrasing. It says, "said once once you have hunted man and and liked it, no hunt, no other hunt will ever do." Ooh. Let me see if I can find that exact quote because it's really chilling. Yeah, man, for sure, <clears throat> for sure, right? Because you're hunting something that's on equal ground as in terms of intelligence. Cunning, Whereas, its ability to hunt yeah. you back, to fight back at, circle like, back around, like big to literally do. fight back at you, to yeah. invent a weapon, to whatever it is, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hemingway said, "Predator, like Rambo." He said, "He said there is no hunting like the hunting of man, and those who have hunted armed men long enough and liked it never care for anything else thereafter." Who was Hemingway hanging out with? Right, the Bush. Heming- Hemingway was was an interesting dude. <laughs> Prescott Bush. And all the bonesmen in Yale. <laughs> Man, those guys were some Halloween sons of guns, weren't they? Very much so. Stealing the bonesmen, stealing Geronimo's skull. That's creepy stuff, mm. man. But none of that stuff surprised me. And again, I think it goes back to the occult. I really do. I think anytime you hear these stories of people hunting people, it's just you get to that point where you're 
into the darkness so far deep that what else is there to do for fun other than hunt people and and you know become a serial killer of sorts i don't know i just i'd like to think that if i had a lot of money i would not resort to you know i need to start getting my kicks by hunting people i don't know i think a guy i went to high school with we're not like them yeah there was a guy I went to high school with that I used to deer hunt with, and we joined the army about the same time. And I went into communications, and he became a ranger. He would bring a sniper with the rangers. And uh, years later, after we were both out of the army, I asked him. He says, "Hey, you want to get together and go deer hunting?" And he goes, "No, I don't deer hunt anymore." I said, "Why not, man? I mean, you know, we both used to love it." He goes, "There's just no sport in it anymore." Damn, he's hunting people essentially. I don't know if he. I don't know that I would go that far. Well, I, I guess I not. He hunt, lives. But he lives way out in the woods now. Not now, but when he's in the in the military, I mean, yeah. you know, when he's sniping and he's out there, he's getting the full rush of you know, yeah. essentially, in a way, you are kind you are of hunting. stalking. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, you know, your target. Yeah, he, yeah you need yeah, he just he just didn't enjoy hunting deer anymore. So there was just really no challenge to totally, it. Totally, yeah, sure. Well, I'm sure it wasn't Hemingway's quote. There you go. Yeah. It's right on. Well, I don't want to go on that hunting party anytime soon. What are we <laughs> hunting today, guys? Pheasant? Quail? We're hunting Jim. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Necro Pest with John Leguizamo. You ever seen that? Nope. That's a great one. Nice. Uh, yeah. Great adaptation of, of human hunting. There's so many movies. I forgot all about Pest. Of course, John this, is a, this is a common name. theme. This is a trope. This yeah. is something that happens. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it probably happens. It's crazy to think about. I don't ever want to get hunted. No, I think I'd be squirrely enough, though. I feel like I'd be like Arnold and Running Man. They'd regret putting <laughs> me in that game. Eh, nobody wants to hunt me. I'm old and fat. <laughs> there's, there's no sport in it. I'm not going to outrun them. Uh, you know, and I'll run across an open field and I'll get 50 yards away and be like, uh, okay, just shoot me. Okay, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> be like a buddy of ours in oh, high school man. that, uh, you know, was at a party that got uh, broken up by the uh, long arm of the law when we were underage at a certain point. I wasn't even there yet. And, friend of ours actually had made it away from the party, but he was so tired from running. He said, ah, screw it. I'm going to go back to the party and get arrested. I just don't want to run anymore. He didn't want to run. He's the only <laughs> one that didn't run. And you know who you are. Yeah, we don't even, we're not going to name you. We know who you That's are. That's too funny. Uh, I was actually in the bathroom and, and walked out of the back door with a case of beer in one hand and walked out from going to the bathroom, and everybody was gone. Yeah, I was at my— And there were two sheriff cars in the backyard. I dropped the case, ran through the front door across the street, and hid in the barn for about two hours. Yeah. Until I got my car, and then you got off work, and you drove around. I got off work, and there were sirens going off, and I was like, (laughs) what the hell is going on? It was a Friday night. I was like, man. Oh, dude. This is not normal. We had some bangers back in the day, man. We lived in cornfields and— country roads where there was no police presence except the county sheriff and they would come and bust our parties all they the time. They were there sometimes. They yeah. would get wind of it and they'd hear stories. And then, you know, we'd be running through the woods losing shoes. This is why gotta be this is why this is back to what okay, full circle. This is what we're talking about. <laughs> you just don't talk about it. 
Yeah. You know, you're out there hunting people. You're out there cannibalizing people. You're doing whatever. You are You just don't talk about it. You're an active witch or a warlock. Like, we just didn't talk about stuff back when we did things like that. First but rule of fight club, away. don't talk about fight yeah. club. Yeah. You want to yep. get away with it? You shut your mouth. That secret societies are secret for a, a reason. Right. Which right. is why they invite you in. You don't just walk up and say, I'd like to be a Freemason. I'd like to be a this. They're like, yeah. no, no, buddy. We'll tell you if you can come into the conservation of the hoo-hoo. DA, have you ever heard of the Odd Fellows? The Secret yes. Society of the Odd Fellows? Man, mm-hmm. it's it's a really, really interesting story. I don't know if you know a whole lot about the, the Odd Fellows, but basically they were a, a sect, a subsection of the Freemasons, and their big thing was taking, uh, adopting kids and orphans and basically into the society. So all these odd fellows, instead of going out and recruiting people that have already a way of thinking that they're brought up into this world. And that's where you see odd fellow schools and private schools all over on like all six major continents. And they're one of the oldest secret societies in the United States. Kind of uh, makes you wonder what they're teaching this, right? These uh, these kids that they're adopting, right? And then they bring these kids up into you know into uh, powers positions of power. Um, you know the Rothschilds are really famous for like having thousands of children out of wedlock just so they could secretly keep their genetics, and you know they would raise them up into certain sections of power. Apparently, you know Hitler was actually a Rothschild that his mother was a maid for one of the Rothschilds, one of the major Rothschilds, and that's kind of how they have their puppets in place. But they're all really family. It's just secret families. And the Oddfellows right. kind of took that uh, that playbook a little bit and uh, really started that playbook. Uh, but there's Oddfellow schools here in Columbus. It's really strange. And nobody has nobody knows a lot about the odd fellows. They fly underneath the radar. I know jack shit about the odd fellows. It's really interesting stuff. Um but I've never even really heard about them. But they start these huge schools for, you know, kids that are out of wedlock and unknowingly they their parents, you know, give them up for adoption and they end up in these odd fellow um I guess you could call them um Foster homes, really. And they're all run by the secret society. And then they get brought up and raised into the society. Then they become odd So they know nothing else. Yeah. And then they just keep adopting more and more kids as time goes on. Then this group over time has just grown to all over the entire continent. It's, you know, how many of those kind of groups are there that are just running around doing things in secret? Probably. A lot. Probably more than we'll never know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're just not going to tell you. <laughs> right. They're not going to come out and say shit. They aren't going to say much, anything. Much they're like with gonna... serial killers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Much like with serial killers, the most successful ones are ones we don't even know exist. Right. 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 Yeah, Hellfire Club. Very, very similar. And not the one from the real Hellfire Club. Hmm. Um, yeah. And and how these like the Hellfire Club and secret societies and the Masons like do the Masons know about cryptids? Do they have writings in their secret writings and books and? Um, Good luck finding out. Yeah. Good yeah. luck finding out. Unless you're a Mason, you're never going to know. Right. Right. That's the whole point. Yeah. It's a, 
I mean, I don't know anything about any of them. I've never broached any of those clubs. I've never tried to Alex Jones, like, you know, breach the walls <laughs> of, you know, Bohemian Grove. Like, and most people don't talk about it. Like a former Mason member is this and that. You, yeah. You don't, I don't find think there a lot are of former Mason members. I don't. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody leaving the order. Well, that's yeah. a good point. Joel. I, Joel Thomas. Well, Joel Thomas, a uh, podcast host, killed the Mockingbirds. He was a former Mason. He's a Christian now, and uh, got to a point. He told the story on our on our show. If you guys ever want to listen to Joel's experience, we actually had no clue Joel was going to even bring this up on our show, but kind of told the whole story where he getting getting involved in rituals and. Started getting into some darker stuff, and and uh, because of his music career, he was really being pushed further and further into that world. They were kind of recruiting him. Where he got to a point, he got so freaked out, he just quit everything, uh, moved to Ohio, and became a Christian eventually. Um, but it, it's, you know, there's not a lot of them. I think once you're in, you're in. You know? Uh, a little, little worrisome to think about, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's see what else we got. What else we got for Halloween tonight? Da, you got any uh, anything else you can share with us um, as far as any new research, um, any new guests that you've had on? Um, I know Robbie's doing his thing. You guys have been kicking butt, man. We're we're so happy to see the Dax Machina family just crushing it. You know, you guys are always growing and kicking butt. There's a there's a couple of uh, of documentaries that we're going to be taking part in. Uh, I can't really give any details away because nothing's been made public. Nice. Uh, I don't even want to say who they're with, uh, cool. but you know, one it is just just going to be my 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 witness encounter from LBL. The other is going to be involving um, the, the rest of us from the AX Machina, the whole crew. Um, but yeah, there's projects like that coming up. We've got some expeditions of our own that we're planning. Um, one of the places we're wanting to go, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Werewolf Springs in Tennessee. No. Uh, Werewolf Springs uh, got its name years and years ago. Uh, there have been dog band sightings in and around the area for you know, 100 years or more. Uh, but in the 1800s, there was a, a man and his manservant were traveling in a carriage and they kept seeing this thing following them in in the in the woods and we realized what it was it was this dog this dog man creature and they decided since the horses were getting scared it was getting closer they decided they were going to split up and run in opposite directions well the guy heard this thing catch his manservant and heard the guy screaming as it as it tore him apart and ate him well he made it back to town reported it and they sent a hunting party out to find this thing and they closed in on the area and it was after nightfall when they closed in on the area and they opened fire on this thing. And when they stopped firing, it was gone. And so were seven members of the hunting party. Um, so then they hired a professional hunter, a guy that hunted big game all over the world to go out there and hunt this thing. And he went out there and it treed him in the top of a cabin and tried to get him over the course of the night. And he had been shooting at it the whole the whole night, trying to get it to, to you know, trying to kill this thing. 
and well, it had him trapped in the rafters of a cabin. And as the as the sun started coming up, it took off, and he was down to just a few rounds left, and said he was going to kill himself before he let that thing eat him, and he would never go after it again. Uh, but this thing is still seen in that area. Uh, the area is called Werewolf Springs. It's in a, it's in a state. It's in a national park, and uh, we're we're planning on going out there and. And uh, seeing what we could find and doing some filming and God's, God knows cool. what else we might run into. That's God cool. Speed. That sounds like fun. Wow, man. So awesome. I can't wait to do We'll have to do a podcast when you guys get back from your first. Are you going to break it up oh, in yeah. trips of filming or? Oh, yeah. You're going to go through. Okay, cool. How long do you think you're going to be out there in each chunk? Don't know for sure yet. Um, but I know we've got one outing, one more outing at least planned before the end of the year um cool and uh hopefully by spring we'll have a couple of more uh robbie and i are wanting to get out to colorado and go to that abandoned girl scout camp with doc we also want to go to werewolf springs and there's an area down in the the kayamichi mountains of southeastern oklahoma that we want to go spend some time at and uh, a lot of areas with with high cryptid activity uh a lot of bigfoot activity down in the kaimichi mountains uh of course the wendigo of the girl scout camp in colorado and then werewolf springs but there's a lot of places we want to go and shoot video and we're getting our gear together and you know we've all been making sure we've got uh shall we say significant pew pews that can handle (laughs) handle something large uh i recently just upgraded uh upgraded to one that uh is is a, is a known known nail driver, and uh, you know if something something comes through a, an entire in you know an entire burst from that, well then you know I've got bigger problems. <laughs> right. So if this thing doesn't stop it, it's probably not going to be stopped by anything short of high explosives or magic. Right, right, exactly. You hear those stories about dogmen being bulletproof; these creatures being bulletproof, where emptied an entire you know seven forty seven giant handgun or you know and there's just nothing you don't hear anything i think i can i think i can explain part of that yeah i think i know why people are saying these things are bulletproof yeah because i do believe they're they're flesh and blood creatures yeah part of it is and especially in the case of a bigfoot if you've got an animal that is let's say nine feet tall and 1100 pounds the mo the bone and muscle density on this thing is going to be so much heavier than a human that a small caliber like a 223 or a nine millimeter probably not going to punch in deep enough to kill it mm-hmm. probably just going to piss it off and i know this from personal experience and this is something they taught us at the in the law enforcement academy and that they've reiterated over the years in training that in critical stress moments, and we're talking about cops here, we're not just talking about anybody with a handgun. In critical stress moments, when you're under fire, police who are trained marksmen and trained to handle being shot at, their accuracy drops to less than 10%. Yeah. And that's somebody that's trained to handle the stress of the situation. Mm-hmm. You get somebody that's not trained and it's just, you know, got a got an adrenaline dump because this thing's charging at them, they might have thought they hit it. But odds are good they probably didn't because, like I said, even trained marksmen are hitting at less than 10% when they're being fired upon or being in a critical situation. Wow. So I don't think it's yeah. that these things are bulletproof. Yeah. I think it's people are <clears throat> underestimating their accuracy when they're under, when when they're having an adrenaline dump. Yeah. And then, you know, if they are hitting, they're not hitting in an area that's vital on something that's that dense. 
Yeah, totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah, and, and the only reason I really thought was, you know, if they are maybe interdimensional in nature and it's always a fun thing, to, maybe they're kind of halfway in this dimension, halfway out. That's the only thing I could think of when they talk about them being bulletproof of like, the you know, the bullets are just going right through these things. They don't seem to be affected, but they are these giant creatures and, and you know, your you're adrenaline dump and oh, shaky yeah. hands. That makes sense, DA. Would you would you go after an elk with a twenty two? <clears throat> no. Not would you, you take a die. Yeah. Would you take a, a nine millimeter handgun against a grizzly bear? Right. Yep. Nope. Yep. They're yeah. bulletproof from a nine millimeter. And and I can tell you when you tell you from firsthand experience, when you've got a got a pistol, let me see if I can get my hand up where the camera can see. There me. you go. If you've got a pistol out in front of you and you're at twenty five yards or more, that much movement will mean the difference between hitting and missing your target. Right. Sure. Right. Just a fraction of, a, of an inch of movement is is critical with a handgun at distance. You know, you might move only, might only move it a few millimeters, but that's, that, you know, that's the, all the difference you need at distance. Yeah. You know, you're talking something, you know, you're shooting at something with a handgun at 25 yards or more. You're, you're not shooting at something that's, you know, man-sized right out in front of you. You're shooting at essentially a pie plate. Uh, that's probably moving. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So if you did hit it, odds of hitting it somewhere critical, and, le- and like I said, unless you're, you know, somebody that's very cool under fire, you know, guys who've been through combat, you know, you know, trained soldiers, trained, trained uh, you know, law enforcement people that have been under fire and can keep themselves calm under fire, if you're, if you're not that, you're probably missing your target. You just don't think you are. Mm-hmm. Hell, I've got I, man. I'm a, I yeah. I was in the military, and I'm I'm a retired cop. I've completely missed deer because I got buck fever. I mean, like, oh, I gotta get it, boom, <laughs> and completely miss. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's tough to take that breath and pause and right level just yourself. Get excited. Yeah. Yeah. Before anything, now, anything like that. Y- if you can get that excited about a deer that you just want, you know, want to put that deer down to put it in your freezer. Imagine if it's an 1100 pound ape that's running at you with the intention of taking your head off like a, like a, like a soda cap. Yeah. Big old eight footer, nine footer squatch. Yeah. The, the, the I don't think I'd even get a shot off. Density, to be honest, no. I think I'd just sit there and, you know, I'd start dying my pants brown, brown and- myself. I was just going to say, do. <laughs> yeah, I think if it's especially if it's well, they, there's something in law enforcement they refer to as the 21 foot rule. Okay, um, they tell they tell you that if you've got a subject, uh, and this is a human, if you've got a subject that is within 21 feet of you with a knife, and your weapon is not out, you will get stabbed before you can draw the weapon. Hmm. It's just gonna happen. Uh, and we put that up against training time and time again, and, and you know, with simu- simulated bullets and simulated guns and fake knives, and time and time again, officers would get stabbed before they could get the gun out of their holster. Wow. No matter how fast your draw is, at less than twenty-one feet, somebody moving quickly quickly can stab you before you can get your weapon out. Yeah, I was one of the few guys in our in our training class that 
survived, quote unquote, survived the attack uh, because uh, when the guy started charging toward me, instead of just standing my ground and drawing my pistol, I started running backwards and drew and drew and shot him three times before he could stab me. And people were like, no fair. He backed up. And the instructor's like, I never said he couldn't back up. <laughs> yeah. And people just don't think enough, do they, D.A.? D.A., the old no. gunslinger. Uh, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Well, you know, if I've got to choose between me going home at the end of the shift and them going home, uh, I'm yep. going to pick me. Yeah, yep. Yep. absolutely. I agree. A lot of people don't get that. I mean, police officers go through so much crazy stuff. So I wonder how many police officers have PTSD just from all the daily things that they see and and experience deal with yeah that it's the number is high yeah yeah I'm sure it's a lot and i know i was diagnosed with it myself after a guy almost stomped my skull in jesus, jesus. yeah yeah damn near kill me i was in a neck brace for about three months wow yeah i'd be and good without doing that work anymore too it's been about spent about six weeks not being able to remember my kids names oh i had a pretty gosh. severe concussion yeah wow yeah, yeah. It, it, dude messed me up yeah so did he get you by surprise? Were you on a d disturbance call? And it was one of those cases where I'm I'm used to dealing with people, and ninety percent of the time, or ninety nine percent of the time, if you're looking at somebody, you can see the decision to act mm -hmm. in their eyes before they act. I can usually tell by body language, yeah, and by the, the look in their eyes. Their eyes will change before they act. I didn't see any of that with this guy. Hmm. He went from dead calm to attack in a heartbeat. Wow. And if I had not had another officer there, it would probably have been, you know, a very different turnout because I didn't see the attack coming. We might not be talking to you, DA. That would not be good. Probably not. Wow. Yeah. And that's why, you, yeah, like Burton just said, you got to have a lot of respect for the police no matter what. Um, it's not an easy job. It's not a job any of us in this room. I would never be a police officer. I mean, I try to find a ways to serve my community, but man, I, I just, it's, it's a heavy, 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 heavy job. So there's been, I think three times in my career that my wife got that phone call, oh, you know, he's in the hospital. You might want to get up to the ER. Uh, but that, that time that, that time was the worst. They, uh, you know, they thought I had had severe brain damage at the time. They had cat scans and the whole nine yards. They thought they thought I was done. And uh, when I when I finally got cleared to go back to work, my hands would shake when I'd go to put my duty belt on. I mm. just started shaking. I had to see a therapist. Yeah, I, no, I believe it. So I believe it. Yeah, to yeah. get past that to go back to work, I had to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's something they don't teach you in the military when you're seeing combat. They don't teach you about how to handle those situations when they do happen right. mentally and how to, you know, get back from that. And that's unfortunately a lot of our troops come back and they commit suicide. There are some things you can't prep or train drugs. for. Yeah, There's no, Hey, you're going to see this and prep yeah, for it. It right. doesn't matter. Right. There's no, no self-help to get through it. It's like your brain is going to away. get messed up. Mm -hmm. Bar That's one none. of the things we, we always, at the end of every show we talk, I'm sure you guys have seen us do it before. We talk about the 22 a day foundation. Yeah. I don't know if you can, can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we lose, we lose 22 soldiers 
for, you know, we lose 22 veterans a day to suicide. Terrible. And that's not even counting law enforcement. If you look at uh, the 22 a day foundation online, or if the, you look at the officer down memorial page, they document line of death officer duties, including suicides. Um, so we, 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 if you're counting officers, that number is much higher than mm-hmm. 22 a day. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that's very near and dear to me. I mean, I've, I've, I've buried friends under that flag and, and seen that that folded flag presented way too many times in my lifetime. And uh, I hope, you know, honestly, I hope I don't see it again until it's my own flag being folded. Uh, yeah. But I know it, it it's inevitable. It's it's going to happen. I'll, I'll end up going to to more funerals. It's, it's just the inevitability of life. Um, it's unfortunate, but it's true. Uh, but we are, we're huge supporters of the 22 of a two at 22 a day foundation over at DAX Machina. Uh, because you know, if you go to the Valhalla project, um, it's not like some of the other charities where you know, two or three cents out of every dollar actually get to veterans. Uh, till Valhalla project, like 95 cents out of every dollar goes to help char- veterans. They buy service dogs for these guys, they buy replacement limbs for these guys, uh, they help with therapy, get these guys the, the help they need and uh, we owe these men and women a debt and it's something that i don't think as a society we're doing enough to help uh, especially considering some of the things these guys are facing agreed agreed there you go 22 I know a foundation I've, and valhalla project you said the, the till valhalla project till valhalla project guys go check that out support um you know i have heard of the 22 a day foundation i am familiar with uh, my brother is uh is a Marine gunny sergeant, and he since he's been back, he's lost six of his guys. Um, and he's dealing with his own issues and, and stuff with the VA and trying to get help for the problems that he has. And it's just been very, very, very difficult. And every time one of his guys gets lost, it makes it that much more difficult for him. And, you know, just the guys that he's lost alone is, is over six now, I believe, which is unbelievable. That those numbers are scary, and I, you know, I've I've been there. I I've had to have people talk me on, talk me down. We know I've had really bad days. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, and, and you know, Robbie and Doc and Steve, uh, they're all ex first responders, and well, Robbie's still a still an active cop. Yeah, um, Doc is Doc is an ex Air Force combat medic. Um, you know, they, we've all, we've all been there and, you know, we're there for each other. And we tell people on our show, if you don't have anyone else to reach out to reach out to one of us, because I would rather hear their story than read their, read their obituary. Um, you know, we, you know, we've, we've got to take better care of our brothers and sisters. Absolutely. And I know we have veterans that listen to this show. So, you know, if you guys are out there listening, um, you know, and, and you need some help, Hey, reach out to some fellow officers and fellow veterans, DA and the boys, Robbie and the boys, um, you guys rule. And, uh, you know, I, I really uh, don't think there can be enough attention drawn to that. Um, but, dude, this has been an absolute epic show. I mean, this has been <laughs> this has been everything. I mean, we, we went all over the place tonight. We usually do. We got into some unexpected territory. Yes. And I'm not mad about it. No. No. <laughs> Cryptids the serial killers. Yeah. yeah. I love H. it. H.H. Holmes. Well, woo. God, that's a wild one. Uh, the first serial killer, right? I mean, that, I don't know if that's the first, maybe the first documented. Kind of doc- labeled. Yeah, I think Albert. he was the first killer. documented. Yeah. He's the, he's the reason they coined the phrase 
serial killer. Mm-hmm. Up until then, they called them multi- multiple mass murderers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Or they would call them. Um, yeah, they had a couple names they were working with until those FBI profilers, those guys kind of coined the term Mindhunter. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, Ed Gein, that's an interesting one. Ed Gein is is a very, that's a spooky. Albert Fish is my number one. Albert Fish, Ed Gein, both but of Albert stories. Fish is like 1800s, 19, early mm-hmm. 1900s. Like he's eating like little kids back in the day, talking about his favorite recipe to how to cook little boys. Like, yeah. It's like Hansel and Gretel type stuff, but it's real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Necro said DA's looking like H.H. H. Holmes in that hat. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yep, Burton, Ed Kemper, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Uh, dude, Ed Kemper, that was the co-ed killer. He was a he was a strange dude. He was friends with all the cops, DA. Ed Kemper, he'd go into the local cop bar and he'd talk about the case and pitch in and help out and then eventually they're like, "Oh my god, this this guy's been talking to us for this years the about these cases. Yeah. He's the whole time he's at talking to these detectives in the bar hanging out yep. with them." Yep. That's one of the things the FBI profilers will say is that sometimes these serial killers will try to insinuate themselves into the yes. investigation. Well, yeah, they, I mean, good God. It's like hanging out backstage at your own, you know, show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is. Yep. It's, it's some weird, sick stuff going on there. Oh, I'll have good <clears throat> nightmares tonight. Yeah, he did turn himself in, Burton. That's that's right. Ed Kemper turned himself in after he killed his mother and chopped off her head. Okay. We'll leave that at that. Yeah. Well, happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that with you. Oh, man. Uh, but psh, DA, amazing. You are so gracious with your time. And again, I, I always let everybody know the strange road would not be the strange road without DA Roberts. No, no. He got Dude, us started. It's down my the, pleasure. Started us on the river of strange. Yep. It, it, is, it is my pleasure. I'm, help, I'm happy to help in any way, and I always will. Appreciate that. Yeah, we love you, man. Back at you. Back at you. Uh, DA, if you want to let us know any lo- final words, and then also let everybody know, all your links are in the, the description. So anybody that wants to find DA, if you're a Strange Road listener and you want to uh, check out DA's, all of DA's books, a uh, prolific author. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about any book projects or, or, or any of that stuff, but the floor is yours, sir. I've always got multiple book projects going at any given time. I have multiple series running concurrently. Uh, you can find all of my books at daroberts.net. Uh, I write a lot of cryptid horror. I write a lot of classic horror as well. I do write sci-fi. I also have a, uh, a fantasy project that should be out before the end of the year. Um, so I'm always writing on something. Uh, and But the, what, I've, what I do is a little different than a lot of other writers do. I've been researching cryptids for the letter, better part of the last 40 years since I was a kid. Uh, and over the years, I've collected a lot of stories and a lot of firsthand eyewitness accounts and talked to people and even had some interesting encounters of my own. And I use these behaviors 
that have been described that have been described to me and things I've observed to create the behaviors of the creatures in the books. So while the books are fiction, many of the behaviors and the actions of the creatures are based on things that have really happened. So yes, they are works of fiction, but a lot of, of actual field research has gone in to creating these books. So I think in at least in the, in the horror community, that makes them something something of a of an odd fellow, makes them makes them unique. Um, so you know, give them a shot. If you have not had a had a chance to read any of the books, I would love for you to try one. Um, and and I would love to hear from you to, to hear what you think. Um, you know, my I'm pretty easy to reach. It's just da roberts at da roberts dot net. Um, you can find all my books on Amazon in print and in Kindle formation. You can find them on my, my again my website to da roberts dot net. Uh, but I think there's a little something for everybody, especially if you're a fan of horror. And uh, there's a whole lot more to the da verse. Um, and and I, I would like to take credit for the da verse, but I actually my buddy Josh Jones coined that phrase um, because all of my series are connected. Um, you know, if you read the Lakeview Man, you're going to see characters from Codename Wild Hunt. You're going to see characters from Apex Predator. These characters will appear in other series, and their stories are connected. Uh, and much like if you've read The Lord of the Rings, if you mm -hmm. read Fellowship of the Ring all the way through Return of the King, it's really just one big story. And that's what I've always wanted to do. I'm trying to create a much bigger universe. So while, yes, you can read any of the books alone, and there will be plenty of information for you to get the entire story. If you read them from beginning to the beginning to end, you're going to get a much bigger piece of the story. There's going to be an entire universe at your fingertips. And the timeline to best read those books in is on my website. Just when you go to my website, just look at the top the little bar. You'll see one that says timeline of the DA verse. And that gives you the best order to read them in. But again, you can read them in any order you like. Uh, but if you want, if you want to get a, a big picture, then, uh, I would I would follow the timeline because you'll you'll see you'll see things happening that you may not catch otherwise. Um, but it's it's it, to me it's something I've I've said many times, uh, and I will always say this: uh, stories are journeys that we take together. And because the, the, without the without the reader, there would be no need for the writer. Without the writer, there's no journey for the reader. Uh, so it's you know the, we're taking this journey together. And I've been very very privileged in my career that a lot of amazing people have chosen to take this take this journey with me. Beautiful, DA. Beautiful. I just posted your website in the chat, everybody. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I'm going to pin that for you guys. Um, and. Please go check out DA's books. Go check out DA X Machina podcast, uh, YouTube audio versions, correct DA. Um, and then at DA Roberts author on Instagram. So all those links are in the description, guys. Please go check out DA. And uh, it, it's, it's unbelievable stuff you're doing, man. We could not be prouder of everything you got cooking. Yeah. And the community that DA's been able to cultivate is something that we've always really really looked at everything that you're doing and and just hope one day that uh you know we could have a community built like like you do because you guys are killing it you're crushing it and we love you man so yeah you're definitely digging up. the garden of life and, and planting your own uh patch and uh really cultivating your own your own style and energy and everything just like mikey said i we, appreciate it you know. i 
I, but, I, you know, I, I won't take credit for that. I've got some amazing people that have taken this journey with me. You know, if Robbie, Doc, and Steve have helped make the show what it is. Uh, you know, there's, there's you know, my, my moderators are like family. Yeah. You know, we've got got Tombstone who's in there in, in the chat tonight, Meg Mills, yep. Miss Lene Perkins. Yep. I've got some fantastic moderators that do a fantastic job. Uh, and they've really, you know, gone above and beyond to help kind of make this not just about the books, not just about me. It's about us. It's about the journey we're taking together. Sure. And uh, yeah. that, that's, that's the important part is, is the stories. I've never wanted to, I've always, you know, I've always seen like people would say, Oh, that's Stephen King, or that's, you know, Dean Koontz, or that's Jonathan Mayberry. I want the attention to be on the stories. I want people to, to read the stories. If they know who I am, fine. I, you know, that's, that's all well and good. But to me, it, it's all about the stories and those stories are something we share. And one of the coolest things is when I talk to somebody, and they're telling me about their experience, how much that you know what what they got out of the book, especially when they describe the characters, because I get to see my story through their eyes. Yeah. And sometimes they see things in ways I didn't. And I'm like, oh wow, that is really freaking amazing. Um, like one guy described one of the characters. He's like, I would love to see The Rock play Daniel Clark in, the, in if they made a movie. And I always pictured Daniel Clark as being built like a runner, not a very big dude at all. And I'm like, wow, the the rock, really? That's freaking cool. But it's 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 so awesome yeah. to get to experience these stories through other people's eyes. And uh that's just absolutely awesome and something something that just fascinates me and thrills me to death every time I get to do it. Incredible. And Necro just mentioned Dark Frontier is the first book uh, in the DA verse. Uh Dark Frontier's first hunt is the first. Is that correct, DA? Yes. Okay, there you go. Yeah, it's so set, you guys know it's where set to start. in 1865, just as the Civil War is ending. What? That's rad. That's cool. Yeah. That's rad. Uh, now, the Wild Hunt series, the first book, I got about halfway through it. I need to get back into uh, DA sent us a couple of books, and, and I picked it up and read a good chunk of it. I need to get back to it. Um, it and uh, it, it's well, well worth, very well written stuff. Great concepts, incredible characters. Uh, DA, you're the man. Uh, like I said, <clears throat> we appreciate the hell out of you and, and everything you've done for our show. And uh, thanks for being a part of our Cryptids and Monsters Halloween Spooktacular. Been my pleasure, guys. And as soon as I get my Strange Road shirt, you can watch. I'll be wearing it on the show. The, DA Dude, already we bought. You. Yeah. Here's the thing. DA bought a shirt, but I have a little gift, a little something, something I was going to send you after the show. So uh, you already beat me to it, but you got some other stuff coming, brother. Um, Wait, hey, appreciate it, man. Yep, Thank you. I've, yeah, I've, well, I've got the hookup for you. Um, you. You said you got a T-shirt and a koozie. Uh, mm -hmm. we've, we've got a little something, something else coming your way. So it'll, I'll, well, I'll get you, you uh, a little code for yourself, but, yeah. uh, dude, awesome stuff. Everybody happy Halloween. And until next time, there's yeah, gotta be another, time. there's gotta be another meeting of the minds with DA. So oh, I yeah, mean, of course. Hey, anytime. Just Absolutely. let me know. Right. I'm down. Absolutely. As doc says, I'm down like four flat tires. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Doc. Oh man, we got to get in. Doc and Robbie and all you guys on the show sometime. That'd be oh, you go. Go. those be guys happy. are a hoot. Fired up, absolutely. That's right. Tombstone. Cheers to you, Meg. All the DA folks. Everybody Necro, in the chat. Uh, Born not to run. Uh, Cryptid Huntress stopped by tonight. She's amazing. Uh, Judy 
we see you in there. Um, if I'm missing every, anybody, you know, please let me know. Mopar Phil, AJ, Burton from Local Legends. Go check out his stuff. Go follow Necromechanimal on Instagram, uh, at Necromechanimal, and go check out all the post-show, pre-show edits. Necro's had some doozy yeah, artwork we've had some good stuff with, with DA yeah. uh, over the last few, uh, over the last year. So um, always looking forward to checking that out. But DA, we're going to let you go, my man. Thank you so, so very much. Um, Anytime, guys. My pleasure. Much love, brother. Oh, yes. Appreciate you. You guys have a great night and we'll come Happy Halloween. We'll come back and chat for a second. DA, we're going to outro the show, but we'll be right back okay. to uh, send you out with a proper goodbye. Boom. There you go. Y'all happy Halloween, bruh. That was great. That was Absolutely. great. It's dope. He's like he the never, never ending like, resource never of stories and oh, avenues. Yeah. Like you can just literally like the hoo hoo. <laughs> that one. <laughs> That was great. That was Secret great. Society of the Hoo Hoo. Now yeah. I'm gonna go Odd Fellows, the Hoo Hoo. What else? I'm, I've been in the Secret Society kick here lately again. Well, and it's it's like the same kind of concept we said about the whole, you know, like if you don't tell anybody you're a serial killer back in the day or now, like you can get away yeah. with it, like type yeah. thing. Like there's just so many things that like if you just don't hear about them, yeah, you don't know about them. You haven't. It's like, not on your radar. Well, I mean, I like to think that I keep my radar open. That's why I'm like, man, I'm. You know, yep. been doing this quite a while. I've never heard of this. I've never heard of that. I got to really yep. step my game up. That's right. And we appreciate everybody. And all chat. you guys, I did pin the Strange Road merch store. The website link is pinned to the chat. It's in the description. Check it out. Um, if you guys really, really want to grab something, use the code free ship. F R E E S H I P. Free ship. Get yourself some free shipping. Anybody in this chat right now, within the next 24 hours, we will hook you up with some free shipping. Get yourself a T-shirt, a hoodie, a koozie, a mug. Uh, free ship, F-R-E-E-S-H-I-P. Yep. Uh, I will put it in the description as well. Um, if you guys have any issues or problems, please let us know. Hook us up. Um, the companies that we're dealing with are great. So if you have any issues at all and you need something replaced, let us know. Um, let the uh, there's a whole process of of getting you guys squared away and taken care of. So um, again, <clears throat> free shipping on us for all the people in the chat right now. Um, that's F R E E S H I P. Thank you guys so much. You can always find us on Instagram. TikTok and Twitter, uh, the Strange Road Hitchhiker Group. Join, start some conversations in there. Um, if you're in YouTube watching, like this video, share it, and subscribe. Hit that notification bell. <clears throat> really does help us out. And rate us on Instagram. Sorry, rate us on uh, Apple and Spotify. If you could, please. Uh, really does help the show. You guys are the best. We love you all. The chat was on fire. It's a great show. It's Bub, a lot any of fun. final words? I'm good. I'm good. Much love to good. Disbro and Stoner, as always, in master control. They rock. Holding it down. Thank you all. There's Disbro as the Costco man. <laughs> yeah, Kirkman man. Did I say that right? Captain Kirkman. <laughs> Captain Kirkland, sorry. He's the Costco guy. I love it. God, that's funny. Disbro is the Costco guy. If anybody <laughs> follows Matt Matt Disbro on Instagram, you will see his photo up as the the 
Kirkland man? I don't Kirk? know. I don't know. Well, no. I just I'm not funny. all in that into Costco. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. So funny. Uh, you guys are great. We're signing You're out. The best. Love, peace, peace, and chicken grease. God dang, Much that's love. funny.